0: Now, from the Paxa Studios in downtown Honolulu, Josh Pacheco and Hunter Hughes. I know
1: there's several teams that would love for Hard Knocks to be in their building. We're just
0: not one of them. Off the bench on ESPN Honolulu.
2: Come on, Robert Sala. Come on.
1: I don't know if he speaks for everybody.
2: Do you think Aaron Rodgers wants Hard Knocks?
1: I'm just saying, I think there's probably a lot of people in the front office that would love Mm -hmm. for them to be in Hard Knocks this season. Yes,
2: yes, absolutely. Uh, You know you're a sideshow already. Why not just
1: own it? Own the sideshow. Has there ever been more hype over a Jets team than right now? I can't recall in one. In modern history. In modern maybe. history. Good call. Good call. Maybe <laughs> back with uh, Joe Willen Broadway Namath. Joe. Yeah. Uh,
2: I mean, the NFL may just have to force it on him. Uh, the problem is here, and, and that was Robert Sala earlier today in the, uh, the, the, the Jets presser. The problem is nobody wants it. Dan <laughs> yeah. Campbell, um, I, I think the Lions, they it, it could be forced on them. But it seems like anybody that's been asked – has kind of said no, and the NFL usually tries to rotate it around and get different teams, uh, but they may be forced without any volunteers to have to just say, it's you, sorry, it's going to be you. Because it seems like we, and I don't watch a ton of hard knocks, mm-hmm. but when you do, you feel like you learn something. The, the viewer <laughs> takes something away that gets them inside the game, and I don't think the NFL wants to lose that. Um, the question is, if you're the NFL, do you really want to promote this psychedelic nonsense yeah. that, uh, that Aaron Rodgers brings to the table? How, how do you go along the fine line of not focusing too much on Aaron Rodgers and just kind of focusing on the Jets?
1: Yeah, in preseason, hard knocks is one thing. When they've started to run out or roll out, I should say, this hard knocks in season stuff, I, I believe this will be... Certainly the second year, potentially even the third year that they've done Hard Knocks in-season. Last year they did in-season with the Cardinals. Mm -hmm. I would not want that. Really? Because those games count. Yeah. Yeah. Those games count. And having just a film crew around, you you can't be completely yourself. Mm -hmm. You, You feel like you're on. Even if some might disagree with me, I don't think you can go regular, you know, standard operating procedures with a film crew kind of following you around. You you feel like you're a zoo animal.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I think the NFL's kind of kind of embracing some of the things. Well, well this has happened for a couple of years the the in-season one. Yeah. Um we, we had June Jones last week on on the really big road show, man. Did did June Jones lay some things down, um, mm. but you know one of the things he had said was the idea of maybe some in um, you know in game interviews and and some of the the mm-hmm. access and stuff that you saw the XFL and I, I think in in some ways if you're talking about the in season one yeah um, that's the kind of stuff that prepares you for being on all the time I guess is if you have to feel like you're on all the time in the middle of a game. That maybe practice is a little bit different. Um, that that could be, and I've heard less complaints about the in-season one than the preseason one. I guess. Really? Yeah. Okay. And I mean, I, I maybe don't. Maybe people don't watch the in-season one as much.
1: There are other things going on. There are yeah. other other distractions. Because um, they did the Lions in season, didn't they? I think they did the Lions preseason. Okay, They may, they were, have, they
2: may have been in season as well, but mixed up. the Lions are apparently a candidate to uh, to, to get hard knocks Well, this and year. There's
1: been so much kind of cult following over the Lions because of uh, Dan Campbell and him, his larger-than-life personality and them covering that on hard knocks. Um, it was unfortunate that they covered the Cardinals because <laughs> yeah. the Cardinals sucked yeah. last year. Um, it It's kind of luck of the draw, and... With the preseason stuff, outside of you know following the rookies, following um, the cuts mm-hmm. that that happen after preseason games, and going into some of the different all stars that you might have on your team, it's the same story every time. Yeah, I, I I hate to break it to you, I I would I would watch the Jets one.
2: Okay, absolutely, I, didn't, I, didn't I would. Think you
1: would. I I I thought you were so tired of Aaron Rodgers. I thought you would you would agree with Robert Sala. It at least would be different
2: mm-hmm. than
1: the same run of the mill. Uh, that, that guy. There's
2: football stuff at least.
1: Yes, they, And they're
2: probably not going to spend so much time on on uh, on a Rod telling you psychedelics are great, man.
1: <laughs> they, they have kind of a you know a deep voiced uh, guy kind of softly guiding the story as a narrator. Through the episodes. Probably Scott Graham. Probably. Um, Yeah, they do a pretty good job steering it in the direction that they want to. Mm -hmm. Um, But, uh, you know, at least with this, I'm very curious to see how the Jets are going to work out. Probably more than any other team right now. Yeah. Or the Dolphins, uh, actually. Okay, so
2: give me a team then if there is one team that you would absolutely want to see on hard knocks more than any other team what team would that be is it the jets or is it is it miami is it is it someone else is it your team the bears
1: the bears are a crap show i (laughs) i don't think that's a good idea for anybody um i love justin fields but they're they give it a year or two for them to figure their stuff out up in in the, the Windy City. Well,
2: you know what? At least uh Jordan Love considers uh uh considers the Bears his father. Yeah. Y- you saw that mistake he made, right? Yeah,
1: I saw that. Uh Jordan. Um Strike I... one! Strike one. To tell you the truth, I think the team. Mm. It's a toss-up between the Dolphins and the Chiefs. Oh, the Chiefs. Yeah. Okay. I just okay. I think we As general football audience know more about the characters involved with the Chiefs, with Mahomes and Kelsey and Andy Reid, it'd be it'd be fun to do a deep dive on everything else. Mm -hmm. Um, My boy Marcus Kemp might get a little screen time too. Uh, Um, That could be fun, and then it's right up there with the Chiefs uh, because I feel like there is so much expectation behind this Chiefs team now.
2: I think the Chiefs could be an interesting one. I don't think it would happen. I know you know Patrick Mahomes' brother is going through that uh, uh, that criminal situation. I yep. think they'd, they'd want to stay far away from that as possible. Um, I, I like Miami, Miami. Uh, as, yep. as an option, but the one I would actually want to see more is the San Francisco 49ers. Ooh, good call. Um, I want yeah. to see how Trey Lance... If he's still there, handles nice. another you know another off season in which he is potentially not the favorite to win the job. I, I want to see Brock Purdy, um, who recently I, I was just reading has been uh, kind of rehabbing and trying to get back in shape, ready for opening day, um, and and Sam Darnold. I, I want to see that QB room, um, and I and I also I'm, I'm kind of interested to see Kyle Shanahan yeah. behind the scenes uh, as a coach. By the way, I am told. Uh, Marcus Kemp, I think, is no longer with the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, mm. Yeah, I, our 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 good our good old Tanner Hayworth. Thanks, Tan Man. Um, has uh, has put that in front of us. Uh, yep, he is uh, he is with the Washington Commanders. There we go. So now now would you change your mind and say that you'd want to see Washington
1: no. on Hard Knocks? No, I don't want to watch Washington, <laughs> and I don't think the NFL wants to watch Washington either.
2: Uh, I don't know. No. I mean.
1: I guess with the new uh, ownership and some of that talk, but that's about all you got over there.
2: I, if we if we were talking about a mid-season hard knocks, I might want to watch Washington. If the Commanders are in contention for the for the NFC East, I want to watch the Commanders in, in, in mid-season hard knocks. Good um, luck. Well, yeah, that's true. Um, that's a,
1: I, I still believe they're the toughest division in all of football.
2: Ooh. Um potentially, yeah. Uh, the other one would be if the Dallas Cowboys are not in contention by about week 10 or week 11, they're sitting in last place. I want to see them on in-season hard knocks. Ma- mainly
1: uh, uh, Jerry Jones' office, hidden cam <laughs> or something, <laughs> watching him make calls like uh, Trump on The Apprentice.
2: Oh, you're right. Yeah, It would uh, happen. That would that would be fun, but yeah, I, I think um, Niners Dolphins um, I think would have to be my two. I think I'd put the Niners ahead of Miami. The Miami That's one a good I think call. the Miami one I think is is sensitive. And let me just reiterate for some people who don't know, um, nobody has been named for Hard Knocks yet. It's just that um, nobody wants it. So the NFL is in a position because they don't like to do teams more than once or you know more than once in a row. Um, so we're kind of Debating the idea of it. The thing about Miami is that health thing with Tua, and now you have the whole Tyreek Hill issue um, mm-hmm. with his off the field behavior yep. that is now coming into into the picture. Um, I I I don't I don't know if the NFL is ready to put that out there
1: on uh, HBO. They're very careful about. Uh, how they're portrayed in that department very I, careful yeah
2: and, and I and I think given the way that conversation is and I'm, I'm I'm having flashbacks to June Jones with us last week um well you know when we had another uh, you know, really big road show at growler and he, he said a couple things about that situation you weren't there with us I don't know how much you, you heard of it mm. but when he said that he actually in, in talking to tonga family felt that he should have retired. That he should have left the game and then also said during that conversation that he had suffered concussions when he was at St. Louis. Yep. Um, I don't know how much that has reverberated across the country, but that's the kind of narrative I think the NFL is afraid of. Because it was a narrative that was swirling around for months last year after it all happened.
1: Yes. However... You give you bring a hundred former players in here, and you give them the opportunity at that stage in their career with with Tua yeah. to keep playing in spite of maybe a couple more concussions, or continue to make life changing money for the dynasty of your family. That mm-hmm. they're they're going to pick that every single day, and to play a game that they love. Yeah. Um.
2: And and, and let me. I I think. To step in on on June, I have a ton of respect for June saying that yeah. because I believe I hear that from from June Jones, the guy who cares about a man's family, yeah, and and cares about a man's well being and thinks about him back from his high school days and stuff like that. I respect that a ton
1: because it is not a popular opinion to say. I may disagree with it, and someone that knows a lot about football and yes. a lot about concussions. Yes, his his words mean a whole lot more than others. Yeah.
2: I I think the NFL would be very – I I think they'd be scared of putting that on TV, of whatever might come through the cameras and whatever they might have to worry about having to edit through uh, in a short time period to get that on TV. I think they'd be really, really worried about the kind of narrative that plays off Especially
1: how hot that got last year. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep.
2: By the way, uh, NFL TV news, uh, Inside the NFL. Yeah. Remember that show, right?
1: Oh, yeah. Guess
2: what channel it's on now? The CW. Yes. No way. Yes. Yes.
1: They're making a comeback.
2: <laughs> it's been on. Uh, I think it was Showtime the last couple of years. I think it moved to Paramount Plus last year. But Inside the NFL is a new home on the home of Live Golf. I
1: hope they. The uh, CW. I hope they have their scheduling down, or they're gonna get. Bumped for uh, whose line is it anyway?
2: Well, the good news is it's not a live show.
1: Okay, that's they good. Can,
2: they they tape that, and I think it would probably air in prime time, so they get primetime programming. Oh, okay. So,
1: uh, yeah. Sorry, whose who's, line?
2: Who's line? It's not gonna bump them. Uh, Texter from uh, or Zephyr Insurance text line at the two three three Broncos for Hard Knocks. Okay. The pressure and pretty much last draw chance for Russell Wilson this season and new coach Sean Payton. I'd co-sign
1: that. Yep, I'm not opposed to that. Um, However, oh okay, Hard Knocks coverage of Russell Wilson would just turn up the volume. Um, volume on his Broncos country, let's ride lunges on the airplane, <laughs> fake huddles before a you know before a game to nobody. That would be turned up to a million. Yeah. And honestly, my view of him has changed because of some of that stuff. Me too. Uh, you, you can't. You cannot convince me that's authentic. Yeah. he knows a camera is following him, and whatever persona it is creating, I'm I'm just I'm not a fan of that.
2: Yeah, and um, his
1: teammates aren't either. That's why they didn't block for him. You know what I'd
2: I'd, I'd I would do if I were um, if I were NFL Films and I wanted to be funny, I would uh, do a counter during every show. I'd put a counter in the corner of the screen. How many times do you hear? Broncos country, let's ride. Yeah, like the Transformers, and put that in the corner. So every documented time that you hear, it, you doesn't have to. You can play it every time, so that way you have a running count by the time the Hard Knocks is over.
1: I bet that data's out there for last year.
2: Somebody would really have to have a vendetta against Russell Wilson to have that data out there. Yeah, and not only that, but. You may remember that whole thing when when Sean Payton was hired about how Russell had his own people in camp, and Sean's like, nope, that's not going to happen on my watch.
1: His own office, parking
2: space. I want to
1: see that. Yeah, because Sean Payton's kind of an old school kind of coach. Yeah, no nonsense. Yeah, it's not it's not bad. I just my one worry would be exposing more of who the the true Russell Wilson. We, we may not like what we see. You uh, you
2: have a point on that one. Dexter also says, drink every time he says, let's ride. Oh, man. You better start drinking some apple juice, man. And you,
1: hopefully, you don't have to drive anywhere that night. <laughs> well, just keep drinking apple juice. You'll be fine. Yeah. Just play it safe. <laughs>
2: uh, what's coming up on the show? We're watching a couple things. Uh, College World Series, uh, the final game of the Best of Three Series. And after uh, Florida put, well, um a beatdown on LSU yesterday. And I think that's putting it pretty nicely. A gator chomp on them. Yeah. That's a, that's a great way to put it. Um, LSU has a 10 to lead on Florida. Uh, this is in the top of the sixth inning, uh, there in Omaha. That game, by the way, is on our sister station, CBS 1500. By the way, I don't know if this was today or yesterday, a uh, parent of an LSU player brings out his grill to, uh, uh, to to the park there.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: What's in the grill, you
1: ask? Gator, gator, gator. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> and for all those PETA people out there going, oh no, why would you do? This? There are millions mm-hmm. of those things around. Yeah um didn't look tasty to me in my opinion i thought it cr- that's a great gesture i thought it probably spent a little too much time on the grill uh but uh, <laughs> and we'll get data. into it in another segment after some of what florida tried to pull yesterday i love that yeah uh also coming up uh aaron
2: fentress is going to join us from the oregonian today uh, we learned that uh, damian lillard is meeting with uh the front office of the Portland Trailblazers to potentially discuss the future. So what is that future? What does it potentially look like? That's coming up. And uh, a little bit later on in the show, uh, we'll talk about Hawaii football recruiting. That uh, continued to take what seems like a positive turn. There is some other news on um, another high school player who did not commit to Hawaii, but committed to uh, someone who has Hawaii ties over at Utah Tech. Um, So there's some news on that. Uh, We'll get into all of that coming up here as we take you to 6 o'clock. It is Off the Bench. Hunter Hughes, Josh Pashenko, ESPN Honolulu. from the Oregonian is coming up in just about 10 minutes. It is off the bench here on ESPN Honolulu. Hunter Hughes, Josh Pacheco, good to have you in. All of our guests, they appear courtesy of the Aloha Kia hotline. Visit AlohaKia.com. At Kia. you know a guy and everybody who texts in, like the person who said, uh, drink every time Russell Wilson says, Broncos country, let's ride. Milk, by the way, milk is the correct answer. Mm. We we have to, um, you know, we, we have to keep things uh, somewhat G-rated here. Have At you, times, I don't you, I don't want to I don't want to suggest going all out on, uh, uh, you know, Jager bombs. In the interest no. of
1: going all out, Josh, have you ever done the milk challenge? You'll probably know the answer when I ask you what is the milk challenge. Yep. You have to drink a gallon of milk as fast as you can. Oh, I couldn't do that. I know. I. That's kind of the point. Okay. Who Who's starting this stuff? When, when you grow up in the Midwest and there's not much going on in winter, you find things like this to, to do. That is so sad. I believe it's a gallon of milk in 10 minutes. Ooh.
2: Oh, okay. Oh, wait, hold on. 10 minutes. 10 minutes. Okay, this sounds actually... <laughs> possibly doable. Um can I add like Nesquik?
1: You can add whatever you want to.
2: Okay, or okay, this is doable. If I could add some strawberry Nesquik in there.
1: For all those that are waiting to text in, please <laughs> refrain. If we can get Josh to do this in the studio, I promise I, you we will get it on film and it will be on our social. I don't know that I want to do it, and then we will quickly call the janitors.
2: <laughs> no, I I don't I don't know that I want to do it. I I like milk first off. Mm. Um, I, I but I won't drink milk straight. Okay, like I need I, a little flavor in there. I, so yeah, like so so cereal milk. Um, yeah. You know, I I will buy cereal
1: specifically that Ooh, brings flavor to my milk. Great combo right here. What is the best leftover cereal milk? Hmm. This is a great. You know, this topic. would be this would
2: be a different answer for a mid-30s guy than a than a, than a kid yep. at the age of 10. That's okay. Um so I'll just say my most recent one. Um apple cinnamon Cheerios.
1: Yum. Yes. Yum.
2: Apple cinnamon Cheerios. Uh runner up would be the um this this would be the ten year old answering. Frosted Cheerios.
1: Dude, yeah. Frosted Flakes is on my list. Okay. Okay. Um see The other one is Cinnamon Toast Crunch for me. Yeah, yeah. Banger. Yeah. Banger. yeah. Cinnamon Toast Crunch is great. I think that takes the cake for me. Um the thing is though,
2: so I, I I'll drink milk straight if not in cereal, but I have to add like like that Nesquik stuff in there. Or with some cookies or something.
1: uh, Kind of. Or me, I'm just more like dip the cookies than when I'm done with the cookies, then I drink the milk. See, in uh, Chicago, I mean, that's the land of of dairy farms, like around there. And so, I mean, we drank milk with pasta, Uh drank milk with pizza, steak, like milk. I think my family, we were putting down like seven gallons of milk a week. Okay. Yeah.
2: Okay. See, and, and by the way, um, I say the Quick stuff, not the syrup, the powder. Ooh. The powder is so much better. Interesting. Take some time. You got to stir stirred a little bit. Uh-huh. all the, the, the granules out. But better. Uh, much better flavor. Much more consistent flavor. Anyway, I don't know how we got here. I'm not doing the challenge, but I think if that was allowable, mm-hmm. I think I could do it.
1: Even with the scientific fact that your body rejects the milk after a certain amount.
2: I didn't think about the scientific fact, and I don't wanna I don't wanna That's think what I about meant. the scientific fact. That's what right I meant now.
1: about no one texting in and we would need the janitor okay. on speed dial. Well,
2: like I said, wasn't gonna do it anyway. <laughs> um.
1: <laughs> we would need a new uh, recording studio uh, if you were to attempt it in uh, here. Texture her from the seven eight oh. Take the ghost pepper one. Oh,
2: one chip. We challenge. want Josh make the alive one gallon of milk easier. We want Josh alive after. Apparently some people don't. Dude. Um <laughs> <laughs> I look I, I love spicy stuff. Not doing that.
1: No way. No.
2: Um how we got here, no clue. I know where we need to go. Yep. Uh Damian Lillard. Yep. Uh Damian Lillard talking with the Blazers today about his future. Nick Friedel uh earlier on Fitz and Harry on uh, ESPN Plus on what to watch uh, with Damian Lillard in his talks today.
1: How much does Dame Lillard really want to win a title? Mm-hmm. Because it's not going to happen in Portland. As, as good as Scoot Henderson and Shaden Sharp may be, they are a long way away from legit contention in the West. If he wants to win in his prime, it's ready-made for him to push to go somewhere else. All he has ever told me and every other media member in the NBA is mm-hmm. I want to stay in Portland. So if we were betting right now, I would bet that he would still push to stay when push comes to shove with the trailblazers.
2: Nick Friedel on Fitz and Harry about 20 seconds. What do you feel like is more likely?
1: He's leaving. OK,
2: but leaving because he wants to or leaving because Portland says we can't help you. So we'll
1: facilitate something. I feel like this is gonna be like an amicable like uh an agreed upon leave right now mm-hmm. could I could be I feel like Damien for sure can come confidently to that conversation and say hey i've I've done everything that I can right here. I don't want to leave, but I'm in a situation that I think I have to what what can you offer me now right? We'll
2: talk about that more with Aaron Fentress in a moment. Mention ESPN Honolulu and get the $7.50 special at the Pagoda Restaurant, now located in the International Ballroom. Two eggs, Portuguese sausage and rice or toast, or choose pancakes, waffles, sweetbread, French toast, or omelets, Monday through Friday, 7 to 11 a.m., weekends till noon. Details and menu at Sports Center. Aaron Fentress, off the bench, ESPN Honolulu. the bench, getting you through your Monday here on ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. That is Hunter Hughes, the guy bringing up milk challenges and, uh, and stuff I wasn't expecting today. We'll get to it. That's what it's all about. Yeah, this is the stuff that gets us off the bench. Here we go, baby. Uh, we'll we'll get some texts on that here in just a moment. All of our guests, they appear courtesy of the Aloha Kia hotline. Visit AlohaKia.com at Aloha Kia, uh, you know a guy, Aaron Fentress, covers the uh, Portland Trailblazers for the Oregonian and he joins us now on what appears to be the start of the next, uh, busy next couple of days uh, there in Portland. The reporting, Aaron, seems to suggest that Damian Lillard meeting with management today to kind of chart out what the future might look like. From your perspective, and you've covered this team very well here for, for quite a while, what does that potential future look like to you?
3: Oh man! if I knew i'd be a millionaire um, <laughs> it's it's all just it's it's all pretty convoluted. The bottom line is that Damien has you know two years ago Damien made it clear that he just wants to see a plan like he, he just wants to have a shot, not even build him a super team but just give him a shot, give him a better team, show me a plan. Uh, they went into that season. He had, ended up having the core surgery, and then Cronin took over for Olshea. And then Olshay, or season. Cronin said, you know, we're going to build around Dane. We're committed to doing that. And in a year and a half, they added Grant. That was nice. But they tanked two straight years, you know, after injuries and things, you know, took away their playoff hopes. And they ended up with a number seven pick last year and a number three pick this year. And the whole purpose of that was to flip those picks into you know, some type of group of veteran stars at some level to help Lillard have a better shot at winning. And instead, they used the seventh pick last year on Shaden Sharp, which was smart. I mean, he's going to be really good. And then this year, they went with Scoot Henderson, which again, they didn't have great offers for the number three pick. So it was probably smart to keep the pick. But regardless, at the end of the day, you got nothing of value for Damian in terms of trying to win. You don't win. You don't contend. You don't win with 19 and 20 year olds. You just I mean if Magic Johnson was 20, you know, I guess him, you know, he's one, he was one, you know, Kobe by 21, the uh the Lakers are pretty darn good, but you just don't, especially you know small guards and things like that. Uh so the meeting today is just to figure out okay, so you didn't do anything with these lottery picks to really help me. Uh what what are you going to do now? And now they're limited. I mean they didn't even trade the 23 the 23rd pick in the thursday's draft they drafted chris murray which, which at least he's old enough to buy alcohol which is a step in the right direction um but you know they have anthony simons they can't really trade future draft picks, but they still owe the bulls a pick so are they going to clear that up so they could trade multiples down the line anything short of that there's nothing they can really do to bring in the type of veteran talent that's going to move the needle for Damian. and if you don't do that then why are you keeping him?
2: You know, you mentioned a great point.
3: point it doesn't make sense.
2: You mentioned a great point, Aaron, on on the uh, the injury previously, the uh, you know the injury situation that may have led to you know one of those years of tanking. Because you can have a plan, and I don't know how good of a plan, if any, Portland has had. You can have a plan, but in professional sports, many times, whether it is injury or whether it is lack of performance, that plan can change very, very quickly, and it, it almost gives me the impression that maybe that has happened in some
3: some semblance there in Portland. Well, the injuries are what led to the tanking for the first time, and so that got them the number seven pick, and, mm-hmm. and the plan was to trade that pick, right? So, it's not, injuries didn't derail the plans, it set the plans in motion, and this past year, too, when they were pretty much out of it, they at everybody, that's the craziest. They had more. They had more regular players on the injured list than I've ever seen a team. Ever had. It was crazy. They were bringing up G League guys left and right and signing this, to side. It was just insane what they were doing. But they were doing it to get picks. And the only thing that's really changed their plan is the fact that they haven't received the offers that they thought they were going to receive for those picks, and so they decided to keep them, which. On the surface, it's smart. You don't want to make a bad trade. Like, what I understand is that you know, picking an all-star, and they were in, interested in getting them, but the other team wanted the number three pick and Shaden Sharp and Anthony Simons and Nurkic. And so at that point, you're like, you hang up on them because that's just too much because now I've gone too far the other direction. So uh, wh- what other assets do I have? What depth do I have? I got Dame this one other guy. How good, how good can we be? And so when that happened, they decided to keep the picks, which is fine. But at the end of the day, none of that matters. Like that's all just that's all window dressing for the fact that you don't, you have not added enough veteran proven talent to this team to give Damon a chance to contend. And if you re, it, not that you refuse to do that. If you're not going to do it, and you can't do it now, I don't think, then you've got to trade the guy. And that's what the discussion is about today.
2: Aaron Fentress joining us. He covers the Portland Trailblazers for the Oregonian.
1: He's with us courtesy of the Aloha Kia Hotline. Aaron, let's play the hypothetical game on this glorious Monday. Let's say you were <laughs> that millionaire you were talking about at the beginning of the conversation and you were the GM of the Portland Trailblazers. What, what is the missing piece for you guys or pieces? What would you do if you were in the, uh, the shot-calling seat?
3: From here on out, uh, I trade. Ant, you gotta trade Ant because right now you have five guards because they're gonna keep Matisse Steibel, and so having three small guards in your rotation is ridiculous. Having two, I think, is ridiculous. One, the unless one's a true backup, but they're gonna try and play Scoot like he's not a backup. So you gotta trade Ant. Ant's your best asset. If you can flip Ant into someone comparable to him but six seven, <laughs> he can play mm-hmm. small forward or center. Then I think you have you know, something going there. Like, let's say they got O.G. Ananobi from, from Toronto. Like, that would be a big deal to Dan. Dan would see that as, as you taking a step in the right direction. And then you try and free up those draft picks in the future and package someone else in some kind of trade to go get another guy who's not all-star caliber, but another guy who is a veteran impact player like Jeremy Grant. Jeremy Grant's a classic example of a guy who on some nights he's an all-star, but on his bad nights, he's you know, he's still really good. He's just not quite elite you can get another guy like that, now you have a team where Damian can look around and say, okay, now I, I, we're going to make the playoffs if we're healthy. And if we're in the playoffs and I play great, we're going to have a chance to make some noise. And we're in an era now where there's really no super team, which is a huge difference from, you know, the previous two-thirds of his career when you had, you know, LeBron in Miami, and then LeBron back in Cleveland, and then LeBron with the Lakers, and you had the Warriors, and then they added Durant. Like those years... There was no way the Blazers were ever going to get in the mix. But now you had a couple guys, you have a shot to at least be in the mix. I don't think they're going to win with that. I think they would need a little bit more. But at least they would be in the hunt to be a top four or five seed. Uh, but if you can't do that, then you got to trade him. So that's what I would try to do. I would try to give it two more weeks to see if I can put, pull something together. And then if I can't, I trade the guy, I send him to a place where he can win. I get some assets. And I start over. And one of the things Blazers fans aren't quite understanding, and I keep debating this on Twitter, you're not going to get a big haul for Damian because the team he goes to has to remain a contender. So you you don't want to do a Bradley deal trade. That was nuts. Like that was just <laughs> that's getting ripped off. But you want you know I would do Miami and Tyler Hero and three or four first round picks. I would do that and another salary match guy uh, because then you get the you get the draft picks, you get a young talent Hero that you could flip, and more importantly, I think. You assure yourself that you're going to be back in the lottery next year and you can add another really good rookie.
2: At what point do you hit the mute button on those debates, Aaron?
3: <laughs> Sometimes people always ask me this why do you debate this stuff? Because I feel like I have to try to educate people because they just don't understand what's going on. And it drives me nuts when people say things that are just completely ignorant. But so, some people were saying, like, you turn the mind and you've got to get bammed. I'm like, why? Why is Damian gonna go to Miami if Bam's coming to Portland? Like, <laughs> that doesn't make any sense to anybody. So, uh, I don't know. You're right, though. I, I, you know, at some point you do have to just chill and let it go. But I have a problem. I'm not gonna lie. I, uh, need, I no. need a few. I probably need a few hours on a couch in front of a therapist. So, Mr. Fentress, why do you feel the need to educate and debate everybody? I don't know.
2: Oh, yeah, <laughs> I think we all go through that phase. I think I did for a while, and then I just, uh, I just said to myself, uh, "Cat pictures." I don't, I don't know. It's something. Uh, Aaron Fentress joining <laughs> us from the Oregonian, uh, covering the Portland Trailblazers. Last thing I wanted to ask you, just you know, away from just the, you know, what could happen here. The, the one thing I, I, I like pointing out with Damian that I've always appreciated is loyalty. Um, it's not often where yeah. you've got someone who wants to be somewhere. And, and you've covered Portland sports for quite some time. When you think of that loyalty and how that is played, and I, I don't know if there is a comparison in that city or in that state to other sports, but it, is it possible to put that in perspective for a lot of us about what that has meant, um, both from a sports perspective and from a life perspective there?
3: Oh, it's meant the world to this fan base. This is a fan base that's been through a lot. Like, think about this: they had Bill Walton, they won a the title, he was MVP. Boom, injuries. You had a chance to, dra- to draft Jordan, but they drafted Bowie instead. Boom, injuries. Right? Then you have a, tra- a chance to get Jordan, or excuse me, Durant, and you draft Odin, which was probably the right pick. But who, you know, who knew he was going to break down the way he did? Injuries. Prior to that, you blew a 15-point lead in Game Seven at the Lakers. Uh, to go to the finals. That's a lot to go through for a franchise. Then you have you have Brandon Roy, knee injury. Then you have Aldridge, he leaves you. Right, so there's all these bad things that happen in, in situations where you're so close to maybe winning multiple titles and things went wrong. So to have a guy like Damien, who doesn't get into any trouble, he's a great guy, a great ambassador, he is by far, and I've covered NFL, Major League Baseball, college sports, he is by far the best interview subject ever he's incredible. He's, he's so articulate. He's so smart. He's a good storyteller. Uh, he gives you more than you would ever ask for. He's so good with the media. He's so great with the fans. He's just ingratiated himself into this community. And so the fact that he stayed in an era where everybody was just, was anybody was just running around the country, chasing rings, just meant the world to this city. And so that's why for me, if it comes to it and he says he wants out, you're, you're going to take a little left in a trade. You're going to set him up to win, uh, to reward him and, and repay him yep. for the loyalty he showed you for his entire career to this point, and you're also going to understand that it's just time. And when he leaves, you should pull for him. You should pull for him while you're pulling for the young Blazers to mature and grow up because they're not going to win for a while and live vicariously through Lily maybe winning with another team.
1: He certainly deserves it.
3: Yeah, I 100% agree. It, to me, here's, here's something for you. Two years ago when he was talking again about remaining loyal and staying here, I wrote an article where I pointed out that in the last 50 years, there were only two major stars who stayed with their original franchise their entire career without winning a title, and that was Reggie Miller and John Stockton. And the only – like Ewing left when he was way past his prime and Dominique. You could kind of count them if you want to, but they did actually leave. But that's it. So what Dan was talking about maybe doing was extremely unusual – But here's the difference. Stockton made the finals twice. Reggie Miller made the finals once. Is Dame really going to stay in Portland and never have a realistic look at even making the finals? That, to me, would just be awful. It doesn't make any sense. Leave, go somewhere, try and win. And, heck, you can always come back. You know, you can finish your career in Portland at 38 or whatever. But the guy deserves a chance to play in June.
2: That's kind of where uh, I, I wanted to take the conversation toward the back end of it. Uh, Aaron Fentress, who covers the Portland Trail Blazers for the Oregonian, and uh, he covers the Oregon Ducks. And we know Hawaii football will be there uh, coming up That's in right. about uh, three months. You, Jordan Kent, and Joey Harrington, and uh, Anthony Newman have the Talking Ducks show, so I know you guys are all over that. And uh, I'm sure we'll talk to you closer to that point as well. Aaron, thank you for giving us some yeah. time tonight. We appreciate it. No problem. Thanks. Bye. Aaron and all of our guests appear courtesy of of the Aloha Kia hotline, visit AlohaKia.com. Uh, see you in a Kia. Good conversation with Aaron. I I, I I wanted to kind of put it that way toward the end just to give people perspective, not just of how – because we can always say, oh, you know, we, we want someone to stay in one place. Yeah. It's a cool thing. You know, we, we're fans of that. But we don't really know it from the impact of what it means to, to that city. I've never oh, been yeah. to
1: Portland. I mean, I'd, I I could never speak to that. Yeah, he's everything to that city. You know, the other player that I thought of, I, I wanted to make sure it was correct, and I was actually incorrect, was I thought Patrick Ewing never left the Knicks. However, he ended his career, he played one year for Oklahoma City, 2001, or 2000, and then 2001 he played in Orlando.
2: Mm. I didn't
1: realize he was in Orlando. Me neither. Didn't even know that. I only knew him as Nick.
2: I think that's kind of how we want to keep it.
1: Yep. (laughs) I'm sure if you asked him, Jordan would have wished he never played for the Wizards. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. Uh, You can get in
2: touch with us. We'll go to the text line, our Zephyr Insurance text line coming up in a moment. It is Off the Bench here on ESPN Honolulu. Coming up at the top of the hour, recruiting news on the University of Hawaii side. There's a bigger picture thing I think we have to talk about at some point, though. We'll get to uh, coming up in just a little bit. Our Zephyr Insurance text line, I said we would go there, uh, so we will. We were talking earlier about Hard Knocks yeah. because uh, Robert Salas said uh, we'd pass. We don't want to be on that. Daniel texts in. He says, being a Packers fan, I would like to see them on Hard Knocks. Um I know there's no chance of it happening, though. I I, 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 why? Why do you want to see your team on hard knocks? Unless you just want the 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 backstory, and you want you want to feel connected to your team. That the maybe that maybe that's it.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: I will. I I will take something that you said earlier, though, or or someone said earlier. You know, you got a you got a first time starting quarterback or a first year starting quarterback. Do you want that pressure on them? uh in Jordan Love. He's already screwed up once. He said happy Father's Day to the Chicago Bears. Um that
1: was that was mind blowing bad. And just for those wondering what that he's insinuating that he is their daddy. He's insinuating that the Bears are his daddy. When you're saying happy Father's Day
2: to the Bears.
1: Okay, did he lose to like
2: them? That's that's what I'm saying. It's like you're you're treating like you're their son.
1: Yeah. You you, you or, haven't you haven't played enough to even joke either either side of the aisle, my friend. Right. Aaron Rodgers owned the Bears. Yes. You did not own the Bears. Yeah. So, you know, give it about four wins. Give it about four years. <laughs> <laughs> until you start making jokes like that. fair. Um All of these man, I'm gonna sound like such a A boomer right here. I want to hear it. Let's do it. All of these just hot-headed, egocentric, young, like, millennial athletes out here (laughs) are just idiots on social media saying stuff. They just are. I mean, we've had a string of them, Josh. You you go back to the NBA playoffs with um, Dylan Brooks doing everything he did. Um, You got Jason Tatum popping off saying humbly – I'm one of the best players in the NBA. None of that was social media, though, was okay, it? Okay, sure. I, I think I'm, you're, you're, I'm lumping you're, you're, it all in. Right. You're, you're talking it about all the in. athlete, and social media just happens to be in there somewhere. That's right. Carl um, Anthony Towns saying when he hangs it up, they will go down saying that he changed the game. Sorry, partner. That's just not true. Um, and now we got Jordan Love uh, doing God knows what up in Green Bay. So maybe we do need hard knocks up there so that we can uh, – so that we can see what Jordan Love meant by that. Possibly. Um, he also texted because we you brought up the
2: milk challenge. That's right. Danielson. said, growing up in Wisconsin, we had the milk challenge for homecoming week in 2003. Had all of the kids, you know, bleh. assistant principal was upset. It never happened again. I, you know, I just, this, this sounds like this was the uh, pre-TikTok stuff. Um, to your point on social media the uh, the thing that damaged society and continues to damage society says follow me on Twitter at Josh on the radio um <laughs> you know like uh, where 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 do we come up with this stuff I, I don't I don't know but um, we, we don't suggest that anybody ever try that stuff I certainly won't now that I know the repercussions of it um, yeah not happening but uh, you can you can see why people get upset. By the way, um, this just in, uh, there is a statement from the general manager of the Blazers, Joe Cronin, literally just after we got off the air with Aaron Fentress. He put up the statement um, regarding today's meeting with Damian Lillard and his agent, and I quote, I met with Dame and Aaron Goodwin this afternoon. Um, I'm, I'm assuming Aaron Goodwin's the the agent. Mm-hmm. We had a great dialogue. We remain committed to building a winner around Dame. Close quote. So it sounds to me, um, Portland wants to keep him. What I'd like to hear is Dame's side of the conversation.
1: Or Dame has long-term plans of running for mayor in Portland. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's getting into sainthood level now Yeah, with him continuing to pour his heart out there and not be equally, you know, represented from that front office so man I hope this is like a wake-up call for those guys to make some moves Mm -hmm. make Mm -hmm. something happen up there I just I I go back to what Aaron said like what can you really do Um, could they find the money to get DeAndre Ayton up there to get a big man see I think the only way you could possibly do it is if you had like a
2: three-team deal if you had a three-team deal, you had mm-hmm. someone else involved, someone could take on some money. I feel like that would be the only way to do it. Um, you know, he makes a great point. There's not a ton of value I think you could get. And you know, the other side, I mean, what do you what do you give up? What, what do you give up for DeAndre Ayton is uh, where, again, I think that's where the value lies, and I think that's what makes it hard. If this were the Lakers, easy. If this were the Heat, you know, easy. Yeah. If this were the Mavs, easy. It's Portland. Um, they are, unfortunately, a mid-major-like NBA
1: franchise. Good call. That just happens to have a not-so-mid-major star. Now, however, doesn't mean that you can't win. Look what happened to Milwaukee. Correct. Correct. You can get it done, but you need the right guy and the right supporting cast around him. Giannis was not by himself.
2: Yep. Yep, yeah, that's true. By the way, we haven't mentioned it. I'm going to go off script here for a moment. I think Milwaukee's in serious trouble without um, Chris Middleton. Yeah. Chris Middleton, by the way, is opted for free agency. And you've heard me say this several times about Chris Middleton. Um, Giannis is not the person who has the ball in his hands when you need the ball in his hands in the fourth quarter. Because he's not a shooter. Um, Chris yeah. Middleton's the guy, the late-game guy, that you want the ball in his hands. And without him, Giannis is still the Greek freak. But there is no clutch in um, there in,
1: uh, in, in Milwaukee. Put him on the free-throw line. Exactly. Yeah. You just do what you did to Shaq. Seriously. It's a very similar scouting report. Yeah.
2: It's, and plant
1: your feet because a charge is coming.
2: Or yeah, to that degree, if he has the ball, top of the arc, just sag ten feet back, make him drive into you, um, and what if he, if you don't get a charge call, then he goes to the line. Yeah, something like that. That's uh, I, I, that's been on the tip of my tongue for the last couple of days, and just hasn't hasn't gotten there. But it is an interesting you know, statement to hear from the Blazers, uh, at least from their GM, that hey, um, you know, we want to build a winner. It's not necessarily that, you know, we're going to respect Damian Lillard's wishes. It's along the lines of uh, we're, we remain committed to building a winner. And they kept it very short and not something that they necessarily needed to, to put a lot around. So um, interesting to hear uh, a little while ago. It is off the bench here on ESPN Honolulu. What else is going on right now? Um, we've got College World Series, Game 3. LSU's got a 12-3 lead on Florida uh, in the top of the eighth inning. That's something that we'll talk about a little bit more, uh, I think, next hour. Because, look, um, we saw what Florida did yeah. on Sunday. Uh, setting a scoring record in the College World Series. If LSU not careful, they're going to stumble into that here. They've got uh, bases loaded with no outs in the top of the eight. Yeah, right and, now. and already up by nine. It is um, ridiculously not close.
1: Go Tigers. Yeah. Uh you can go cook that gator all you want now. That was my coach O impression. Do that one more time? It needs work. Go divers. Uh, go Gold Divers. There you go. It's time for a break.
2: Yeah, we're closing in on that because I I, I, I got like coach O meets guy just kicking back.
1: Drinking a beer at the beach on his uh, on his on his folding chair. That's pretty much the same thing, just lower the IQ a little bit.
2: On that note, we'll take a break. Sports Center, UH, UH recruiting news coming up on the other side. That voice, 2025 commit Titan Lackaden, who a uh, verbal commit. Uh, he was on earlier today on Let's Talk Sports. Uh, Mark Veneri was filling in for Kanoa today here on ESPN Honolulu. And you have you heard from him what has been kind of this common theme is uh, believing in what's being done here and wanting to be, in. I think the, the, the word that he used, he wanted to be an advocate for you know, local That's student awesome. athletes wanting to stay home. That's uh, not always common, and I don't and I don't know that it's something that you find elsewhere. It, it feels like a very Hawaii thing. Yeah, want to be an advocate to stay home.
1: Unfortunately, you need those extra motivating factors sometimes to be the reason for you to stay. Mm-hmm. We can't compete on the same level when it comes to facilities. Um, NIL deals, cost of living, which is ridiculous because yeah. cost of living literally is higher out here than anywhere else. Right. Um, I digress. Um, <laughs> we could we could do a whole could, show oh, on that. Oh, my goodness. But, uh, yeah, for someone to have that kind of a stance even at uh, – how old is this kid? 17, 18 years old? Not yet. Yeah. He's going to be a junior in high school. So, yeah. 16 at, at, at
2: least I was going to stop you and be like you know, you were talking about cost of uh, cost of living I I nearly lost it when I went to the store and found a half gallon of milk for 3.99 there we go baby it's like hey I felt like I found gold half a gallon of milk for 3.99 on sale anyway
1: we 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 I think we've got a quest on today's show to bring milk into the conversation in every segment
2: <laughs> it's been I I meant to put it on Twitter yeah and it was like you know it's so sad that I'd make a big deal about finding a half gallon of milk at the grocery store for 3.99. There we go. Do I want to seem sad and pathetic that I found a half gallon of milk for 3.99? No. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> it's okay. You were
1: in the middle of your point and I just kind of stuck in there. It's all good. Um for someone to to come out with that kind of perspective at 16, he's not even really he's at the halfway point of high school right now to have that kind of outlook and to, to me, Josh, it speaks to, we've got a leader in training right here. This is someone with the perspective that goes beyond just him, but what, how do my decisions, how do they affect the greater, um, the greater good? How does this affect the others around me? Uh, other athletes from Hawaii for, for him to say that he wants to almost be the example maker. Uh, it, it it speaks to the 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 kind of caliber of a young man that that this is um it also speaks to the parenting and the the community that he must come from because that just doesn't happen um that is um learned from others around him setting that example um but uh certainly it it gets me excited because if he's saying these things hey maybe there's more to come you know what it is that makes you become that leader in training
2: early and i I fully believe it and i I don't want to stress too these are verbal commits it's not anything in writing that's why the university of hawaii doesn't announce it and can't because there's there's no way they could
1: um we can well we
2: can yeah when you're offered a scholarship in fifth grade yeah the expectations of a then, what, 11-year-old at that
1: point. I think Rolo offered him, right? He did. Yeah. Rolo
2: was the one that made the offer. The expectations and, and, and all that stuff changes. You are no longer now an average, everyday,
1: 10, 11-year-old kid. Um and, What a and, flex. Yeah. Walking I, to class in sixth grade, I'm going to UH. Yeah. I they mean, already offered me, bro. I mean, I don't know how many other schools may have offered him. Um, between
2: then and now, uh, but to be able to go and, go into class, you're right, and be like, yeah, I gotta, I gotta offer.
1: I'd be st- I'd be talking so much trash.
2: I haven't even completed Algebra One yet. Exactly, and I've got this offer to go to University of Hawaii. It's it's awesome. But I mean, my my point is like that makes you have to think differently. Like you now have expectations that are on your shoulders. Like. You do one thing wrong, yep, because you are immediately in a spotlight from fifth grade on. You do one thing wrong, that scholarship offer can go away. Um, you also realize that scholarship offer stood through, let's see, one, two different head coaches, yep. So, any other coach could have come in along that time and said, you know, uh, we know that this scholarship was offered to you way back when under a under a different coach but you know we uh we're we're going in a different direction we see things a little bit differently and we're uh, we're gonna pull the scholarship offer that could have been done um didn't happen this was honored and and kept by at, at the time coach Graham and now yep um you know coach timmy Chang keeping that that scholarship out there but I will say that if you don't learn to become a leader in that five years that you had from getting that offer to growing and 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 building and learning and getting better, yep. then you know, that that would be my red flag as to you know why you would have that offer still with you going back to fifth grade. And I think that's a credit to Titan.
1: And um, it, it seems like it didn't go to his head for him to. Not only kind of honor that, mm-hmm. um, now th- th- this might be steep, what I'm about to say, but based off of what we've learned from this kid, I almost feel like that verbal commitment is a safe one. Okay. I okay. I doubt for him to come off and say that he wants to set the precedent mm. for other athletes to come to stay home. I- I'd be shocked if he then turned it around. Not everybody says that.
2: Right. I mean, the only thing I would say is I will always leave. Uh, sure. As as much as I, I I'm with you, like I I do kind of believe that that is definitely something I feel safe about. You never know what another school comes in. You never know if there's a life matter. You never know if something comes up, and 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 he then says, you know, I I love this place, but. Due to whatever it is, I'm gonna you know pull my verbal and go somewhere else. I don't want to you know put that into the universe, but I always kind of feel like to be fair, I I feel like you have to leave that open a little bit. Yep. Um, but I I think we also in in kind of paying attention to this have to keep kind of the um, I don't say the narrative or maybe it is the narrative. The, keep the narrative in check a little bit hmm. because there is a difference. I think in recruiting between just talking about recruiting locally and recruiting in numbers as compared to recruiting in strength and need, um, maybe that's where the star thing comes in, potentially. Uh, there was a, and, and thank you to Tanner for showing me this earlier, there was a three-star quarterback from Punahou, That um, announced earlier today that he was going to uh, he was going to follow. I think it's Billy Ray Stutzman over at Utah Tech. Mm. Uh, Yeah, and hey, more power to him. Um, You know that uh, time McCutcheon is his name. Cool. So uh, he's going to be a uh, a a trailblazer. Okay. Um, You know, it's not everybody, and you don't you don't expect it to be everybody. But I think you know what you're seeing right now is numbers. And for all and, and this is where I think Hawaii is kind of different than everybody else. Um, given what has been said about local recruiting and whether coaches in the past have done right or wrong in local recruiting, numbers the numbers game here in the short term matters. Because if you're talking about the commitment of keeping players home. Yep um whether they are the best players in Hawaii or they are right in the middle or wherever they are if you're talking about keeping players home regardless of that level you're keeping players home in mass that i think has been made very clear in the last i think month um that local players more often than not are saying we want to be here hmm. um where after a, I think after a couple of years of it, and I don't think we say it now, but I think in a couple of years, the conversation then has to turn to when does that local recruiting, when do those numbers, when does that lead to landing the big fish? Mm. When does that lead to – because we know the pressure is going to be on that eventually, right? Yep. When does that lead to the big win, the big two wins, the competing for a Mountain West title? when does that start going somewhere this is the step this is the necessary step that this coaching staff I think has needed to show to back up the words that a previous coach um, you know couldn't or wouldn't or didn't or whatever it is yeah. that this coaching staff is 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 walking capable in, of yeah this coaching staff is walking and talking um the same message in recruiting so that's step one and I think in the next two years, because I don't think we put it down right away. In the next two years, now you have to achieve that next step, whether it is the big fish or whether whether it is how this leads to competing
1: for a Mountain West title. The big fish will come with one solid, uh, decently winning season. Okay. I even think 500 would bring some big fish over here Okay. with what's being created. Okay. Um. If we won a couple of um, Power 5 games in the next couple of years, like Stanford coming here in our home opener, that would have so much weight. Mm-hmm. When we beat um, Oregon State at home, when we beat Arizona at home, and they had a highly touted QB during that time. I think his last name was Tate. um that was... Khalil Tate. Yeah, Khalil Tate. He ran for like 45 yards in, like as the clock was dwindling down. I and remember then that play. Pumbaa Williams caught yeah, him on the one-yard line. I remember that was that incredible. Play. Um, those are the things that we can have the, the leg up on. And, hey, if we can beat those guys, why would they go to Arizona? Why would they choose to go elsewhere when, hey, Hawaii's on their level? And it looks like Hawaii's just as much fun, if not more fun, to go play for. Mm-hmm. I will. I I will lay this to you.
2: Um, as, as you say that, there is one potential thing that I think can be a benefit here as we look at everything that is going on in in college athletics. I'll share that when we come back because the college landscape may play a benefit to Hawaii. That's coming up after we take a look at traffic. Hunter Hughes, Josh Pacheco, off the bench on ESPN Honolulu. Sports Center is coming up in just about 12 minutes. We've got another look at traffic, and we'll also update what's going on at the uh, Men's College World Series. He's getting
1: ugly Oh, uh, and there's they're still <laughs> pushing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: They're
1: they're coming for blood today. Yeah, when you give up
2: 24 runs uh, as uh, as LSU did in game two, you are coming back to win and then some. And that's kind of what they're doing. It's fifteen four LSU, and a
1: base runner just just scored from first.
2: Yeah, on a on a on, double on a double. It's uh, that's uh, that's what's happening. That game is on our sister station CBS 1500. By the way, if you wanna. Uh, catch the remainder of that one. Meantime, here it is off the bench on ESPN in Honolulu. So we've been talking about recruiting, and um, there, there's something that I've kind of taken away that I think might actually make a uh, make a difference here in in some of the recruiting shift, and, and and that's what I see in in the college sports landscape. So hear me out on, on this one. Yep. Um, USC and UCLA going farther east now to the Big Ten. Good programs, not as good as they've been in the past, but one of the other reasons why I I look at those programs in the past is that proximity. If you're a family member of a Hawaii high school product that has an opportunity to play there, all right, it's a five to five, you know, well, four and a half to five and a half hour plane ride that you might make, if you can, six times a year Yep. to go and watch uh, watch your son play football. Figure out hotel stuff. Uh-huh. Um, it is much more cost prohibitive to jump a couple of time zones and go a little farther away. Um, you know, watching the Pac-12 on TV, when you know the games are on a little bit later on, you don't need to wake up at 6 in the morning. Um, you do have that. So I think it is a little bit different from... Um, the perspective of, of where USC and UCLA are going that I, I don't know that it is as um, luxurious of a destination. Pac-12 schools. The Pac-12 is likely going to become less visible with its television deal. And you're looking at maybe one or two top 25 teams out of that conference. Southern California's out. Um, it's less of a destination conference, I believe, if you're a Hawaii athlete, unless the offer is just too sweet and you know you can get playing time right away there. Got it. Uh, I was just reading something that potentially, um, you know, potentially looks at maybe streaming only yep. with the Pac-12, which to me is is a deal breaker, I think, for some. Because we one of the things we've talked about with Hawaii is its visibility. And when you're away from Hawaii... And you have to go find an app. Yeah, it is um, brutal. It's amateur. You know it, it. It. It's. It's not a great look at all.
1: There's D two schools that have a better situation than that.
2: Every other conference, FBS conference, has some kind of a streaming deal with ESPN Plus. Every other conference. Yep. And the Mountain West does not. And for Hawaii's situation, it's worse. Um, and I'm not going to get back into the whole that you know. And that needs to be addressed here in the next contract. But um, just imagine that if all you have is digital yeah. and you're the Pac-12 and you might get $16 million a year for your schools. It's brutal. You take some of that away, and that makes Mountain West schools, which includes Hawaii, yep. better destinations, I believe. I think it puts them in a position to say, hey um, – we are not, uh, you know, that's all happening. There's some uncertainty there. There is no uncertainty here.
1: There's a better visibility here.
2: Um, you know, I, it, it, it might be a better, a better look for
1: some. It just means that those schools in the Pac-12 are physically bigger. Mm-hmm. That's all that they really have on us is that they are larger student bodies, maybe with better facilities. But outside of that, uh I I counted it last uh last week. There's only a handful of Pac-12 teams that I would say would beat us 9 times out of 10. And that's Oregon. That's Utah. Um That's kind of it. You wouldn't put
2: Oregon State. No. Okay. Washington.
1: Washington that's the third one. Yeah, where they are strictly speaking football. Okay. Strictly speaking football, the the rest of those teams we we can we can split. We can split those games with them.
2: Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And
1: I I would put other Mountain West schools on that same level. Okay. okay. Yeah. Where you 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 run the dice with with Fresno, with uh certainly Boise. Uh a good Nevada team, UNLV. San Diego State, if they think that they're on that that level, that they th- I know Josh is laughing, by the way. Um, well, the, the letters got released today. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah, that's fun. Um, th- that has to be part of their decision-making process is if they feel like, at least competitively, that they're on that, that same level. Mm-hmm. And I'm with you with USC and UCLA um, defecting. The the Pac-12 is not what they used to be,
2: and I should be clear. It's not like they're leaving California. I think I may have made it sound that way, but ha- most but of their the perception. Games, most of their road games aren't going to be in California. That's
1: the funny thing is you're like, oh, they're leaving. Well, yeah. physically, from a geographical <laughs> standpoint, they're going nowhere. The campus will still be uh, in in Southern California. However, the perception is they're they're headed somewhere ambiguously in the mi- in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. Um, which they will be when they travel to the right. big house, to the ho- to the horseshoe and those places. And LSU just hit a dinger.
2: It's, just, it's, it's, it's silly what's happening there.
1: I, I want to get George's text here. He says, um,
2: <laughs> local recruits need to see that the state is prioritizing UH football by providing more funding for the program. Many local kids constantly hear about UH football being a lower tier program and that affects their desire to stay home. I hear what George is saying. I think to a degree you have to have you have to there, there's there's a there's a transparency and there's an honesty that you have to have. Like you can't I I don't want to sit here and lie. Hawaii is not an upper tier program. It's it's a mid major. We we know that that's its place in college football. You you're not going to lie about that. So is it on the lower tier? Yes, and that is regardless of winning and losing. Mm -hmm. Um, That's that's just what it is. Um, I I think where where you're now looking at is funding to the program, and that is that's always the sticky part. It's like um, you know, being a state institution, you kind of want you feel like you want unlimited funding for a program, but that's not necessarily how it works. Yep. Um, you know, I was I was just hearing something that you know some projects on campus, money's been taken away from it to go to other other projects, I think one was a dorm or something. So it's not there there is not like a blank check you can write for the athletics department. Um, That's where the business community needs to come in. That's where help comes in there. But, you know, there's a difference between, you know, okay, kids hearing that UH football is a lower tier program. There's a difference between, like, lying and and just being honest about what what it is. And I think you can be honest about where it is and still attract local recruits, and I think that's one thing we're seeing. Traffic here, sports center's on the way. It's off the bench. It is off the bench here on ESPN Honolulu, Hunter Hughes, Josh Pacheco. Great to have you in. Uh, we'll get back to um, when we're talking about recruiting, we'll, we'll turn to the, uh, the Mountain West and kind of the, the few things that have kind of been circling around today that coming up in a moment. Uh, we're two outs away from LSU celebrating a national championship in uh, baseball, 18 four lead on Florida uh, in the bottom of the ninth inning. It's, it's a shame because the college the men's college world series has been so good. This is one of the better men's college world series that I can remember with some close games and extra innings and uh, there are a lot of really good things in this men's college world series. The fact that the last couple of games have come down to a what a 24 run Florida put up in in, in game 2 LSU has put up eighteen here. Florida could score ten runs and it still wouldn't be close. Yeah. Yesterday was twenty four to four. It's eighteen to four here. And and yesterday those twenty four runs most scored in a men's college world series game. Um that these last couple of games, it's it's unfortunate these last couple of games are not indicative of the the last what nine, ten days of what the men's college world series has been. But it happens. I mean, it is it is baseball, but it's uh it's it's a bummer. Um that being said, it is it is kind of uh kind of karma that we're here. That uh, that a team scores twenty four and then is held to
1: four the next day and will lose the title because of it. Now let's let's talk about that just for a second here, Josh. Yeah. Because there were a few things that happened in the game yesterday that we, we, we talked about before the show started today is not okay. <laughs> yeah i mean w- weren't they weren't they stealing late in that
2: game even was, when they were up big there was a stolen base i want to say it was in the ninth inning
1: okay, so if you're up by and that that's where the unwritten rules of baseball which this is one of them yes, get a little gray there's an understood kind of margin there where if you're up like five if you're up six you're depending not, what inning too exactly um situationally people will probably have different answers on this but certainly if you're up 18 plus if you're up 20 on another team and you're stealing in the ninth inning that is that is not good form yep
2: and and I credit LSU because they could have very easily seen that and just kind of started jawing and it could have gotten kind of ugly I mean there's these are two SEC teams yep. they've seen each other enough over the course of the year
1: um it already could very, don't like each other it could
2: have very well gotten ugly and it didn't and um, old
1: school baseball would have called for that yes we're're we're, we're throwing at people if you're doing that to us right I'm I'm glad that they turned around and just said we're gonna put a hurting on them where it hurts yep
2: um, now, if we're going to be fair about the unwritten rules, I think we do also have to say something about LSU kind of breaking them too. Mm. Um, you know, they have an 18 to four lead. They were having guys tagging up from second on a sacrifice fly, um, and then guys scoring from first on a double. Um, I'm you know, okay with that thing. You're, you're okay if if it's an obvious one and it's not like okay we're just you know racing home because we want to score as compared to like we would have easily scored then fine. Um, you're going from second to third on a sacrifice fly or to become a sacrifice... No, it wouldn't be a sacrifice fly from second to third. If you're tagging up on a fly ball yep. from second to third, that's a no-no to me. Really? In a... in a What was it at that time? 13 or 14 run game in the ninth inning? That's a no. You don't need to do that. With, I think, only zero or one out in the inning. Yeah, nice. You don't need to do that.
1: I I guess I I hear that, but throw me out yeah I hear that too I hear that too we're still playing the game there's still even though there's no there's no clock besides the pitch clock there's still time on the clock and the game's not over yet so I don't know the the athlete inside of me is like yeah it stinks if I'm Florida but um stop me if you know if I'm LSU
2: yeah, I th- I think and and there's the chi- uh, the championship as LSU uh wins it with 24 hits in the finale 18 to 4, 18 runs, 24 hits, one error for LSU, four runs, five hits, no errors for Florida um in in the national championship. Yeah, I I think that's kind of where it comes down to is just a uh, a matter of what is the uh what is the principle? And I, you know, I am a believer and I guess it's, it's by sport, I guess for me, because, you know, I am a, I am a believer in like, well, stop them. Like, yeah, I I don't, I don't mind if you're swinging for the fences. I don't, I don't care if you're swinging for the fences, but I think it's the little things that you can control, um, are the ones that I would say, like you can control. Sure. If you're up by 14 runs, do you need to tag up from second? Probably not. but, Again, little things, but I appreciate that these two programs, even with some of that stuff going on, handled things as classy as they could, and you know, and and uh, made this a, a a memorable championship series for
1: a whole bunch of different reasons. Uh, my favorite thing is when they flash to Florida's dugout and they all act shocked. <laughs> <laughs> we've known the outcome for the last 6 innings right
2: i mean yeah i i think it's 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 the matter of in in a little more than 24 hours to go from just doing everything right setting records just pummeling a a conference opponent to having no shot I mean, they were, the game was pretty much over. I think there was six runs scored in one of the innings. It was like 9-3. to three.
1: Yeah. And it felt at that point like it was over. Also, LSU was down to their final game. They were a game away from elimination uh, two series ago. Mm, that's right. A- against Wake Forest. That's right. And they, they won two in a row to advance to the final. Right. Off of a walk-off dinger, by the way. Um, <laughs> so really, really fun that they stuck. Stuck in here, and yeah, kind of, kind of crazy, Josh. I mean, for in, in baseball, for there to be that kind of a margin in two games in a row, it's almost like both teams lost their will to play in both games. Uh huh. Because w- w- once you're down by four, that there's already chatter in the dugout on we have to stop this bleeding right now. Right. Four that this was four was multiplied by four here.
2: <laughs> yeah. You know, I'll also say um, to the health of college baseball that, um, you know, uh, the health of college baseball to me I think has been bolstered, um, and and I think it will continue to be. You know, Major League Baseball draft now is only 20 rounds. Minor League Baseball has been consolidated a little bit. Um, You know, I I think you're going to see some good players skip the option of Trying to be taken on as a free agent because, you know, they have caps on how many you can have signed in an organization. Hmm. And you'll see some great players in college baseball for years to come. You know, college baseball has a pitch clock. Yeah. You got games still going three and a half hours. Yep. Does it bother me one bit? No. <laughs> because the games still have a lot of drama and they have a lot of value. Um, and as much as I see, LSU winning a championship I love the
1: fact seeing oral Roberts making it into the uh oh yeah uh, making it into the college World Series something you mentioned I I almost wonder if the amateur baseball trajectory is one of the last remaining um traditional roads to professional sports Pretty where much in basketball you have the one and done if they go to college Right, and we talked about that last week if they go to college. Yeah. That's a big if these days. In football, they have to play at least two um in golf
2: three in, in uh, the football I think it's
1: three. Is it is it 3? I think it's 3, yeah. Okay. Um in golf, it's less than that. Right, right. Very, uh, fewer even electing to go to college anymore. Um you can go play mini-tours and, and Monday qualify on Corn Ferry very quickly. Yeah, um, Baseball is probably one of the last remaining traditional pathways where guys will play for four years mm-hmm. before electing to try to give it a shot You know, in the minor league level. Right. Because um, you have a couple of options. You can go out after high school.
2: You can go out after three years.
1: And just because you get selected by a team doesn't mean you lose exactly. your Amber status.
2: Exactly. So, I, I mean, you have opportunities to kind of know your value. You don't like the value that you are given; you can stay back. And I think you've seen, um, you know, the 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 value of this sport just uh, just grow. Mm. Um, you know, I, I get to see it for you know, what was it, forty nine or fifty games? I didn't do all of them this year, but for you know, the majority of them, I get to see it on a yearly basis, and you can see, um, you know, some of that talent pool. You're just continuing to get better and get better and get better. Um, I think this is a sport that still has plenty to grow, and, and I, I love the trajectory of this sport. By the way, you know, another thing I'm excited about: um, you know, Keith Zuniga is going to be uh, Hawaii's new pitching coach. Yep. Uh, D1. It hasn't been officially announced by the University of Hawaii, but D1 Baseball reported it uh, over a week ago. Reached out to Keith today. Um, he says he is uh, he's looking forward to uh, to getting out here. He can't wait. So uh, we'll see when the University of Hawaii um, officially announces it, but uh, he would replace Matthew Troop, who has decided to, uh, you know, want to start a family uh, closer to home mm-hmm. and uh, be somewhere where uh, you can you can do that, afford to do it, and um, have a support system around him. and And Matt's a wonderful, wonderful guy. Seriously, um, yeah. he is going to be, uh, he's gonna be a great dad. Mm-hmm. When uh, when when the time comes, and he's going to continue to be a great pitching coach as uh, he was for a couple of years in Hawaii. But I'm excited with Keith Zuniga. Uh, was the interim head coach at New Mexico State? I think is what it was toward the end of last year. Uh, was the recruiting coordinator there as well? So he brings a breadth of experience and uh, we'll see how that factors in for the University of Hawaii. Uh, That LSU result, by the way, uh, leads our M. Dyer Global scoreboard. M. Dyer Global, moving Hawaii into the future. Tigers win their seventh championship. Well, Jay Johnson's seventh championship, LSU's seventh under him. Uh, 18-4 win uh, over Florida today, Uh, the finale of the Men's College World Series. Major League Baseball, uh, plenty. How's about uh, – How's about the uh, the saga there in Cincinnati with uh, uh with the Reds and their young star, Ellie Dela Cruz. O for two today, uh, Reds trailing five one bottom of the fifth inning to Baltimore. Ellie Mania.
1: Hope it's... the streak doesn't come to an end.
2: Uh well he was 0 for yesterday. Um I don't remember if the Reds I think the Reds lost actually. Oh, the,
1: okay, the, the, that's, that's what I meant. The, that's the about. streak you're yeah. talking about. Yeah, they've
2: lost two in a row. Oh, bummer. <laughs> it did end then it, it <laughs> did, but uh they have been really really good. It's uh, it, it's been a great story to watch there with uh with, with Cincinnati. Uh, so they are playing right now. Uh, other games you got going on, uh, White Sox and Angels, Shohei's Gone Yard, 1-1 game, bottom five, bottom four, Washington three, and the uh, Seattle Mariners two as they are playing in Seattle. Colton Wong is in the lineup. He is over 2 with a batting average of 162. That's your M. Dyer Global scoreboard, M. Dyer Global. Always on the move. Let's check on traffic here. You're listening to Off the Bench on ESPN Honolulu. Sports Center update is coming up in a little over 11 minutes. It is off the bench here on ESPN, Honolulu. Hunter, Josh, you, thank you so much for uh, having us along. Um, Mountain West is in an interesting, uh, interesting position. San Diego State has said we sent a letter, but we're not leaving. Coming up at the top of the next
1: hour. uh, I've read the letter. Do you offer discount? (laughs) That's what they're asking. I think
2: after 25 years, and and I think that's, I read the letter um, because someone posted it online. Like, I could see where you're trying to play, well, we've been one of the original members for 25 years. You know, work with us here. Because of uh, our value with going to the NCAA men's basketball national championship, like you're you're playing all the things you've done well as you're about to leave to try to earn some sympathy points. Yeah, the the letter uh, does not read like oh we didn't say we were leaving. Yeah, more on that coming up uh, next hour. I was reading a piece from Ron Counts. Uh, he covers Boise State for the uh, for the Idaho Statesman, and uh, his piece says if. San Diego state is to leave that it should be a no-brainer that the Mountain West looks to replace San Diego state with North Dakota state. Interesting. Now, North Dakota state, and granted you're you're talking about an area in which, you know, Boise, Idaho, North Dakota is a little farther to the to the east, I think of that, but not not too much farther, but the argument here is replace the S with an N. No. Oh. <laughs> but the argument is, North Dakota State's done all it's done in the FCS. There's nothing more they can do. They are they have been powers.
1: I agree there. Um, I agree the wholeheartedly. Next,
2: the next logical step is to go up. Teams like um, teams like uh, um, Appalachian State have done it. Um, other schools have gone from the FCS to the FBS. Liberty has made that jump. And so if they can do it, and they aren't the FCS power that North Dakota State was, then why couldn't North Dakota State do it, and why couldn't they see that as, or why couldn't the Mount West see it as, you know, um, valuable to the conference? I, I think the other thing they see is you're, you're looking at competitiveness. I mean, North Dakota State's not going to win you an FBS national championship, but to go from the FCS to the FBS um, you know, there's still talent. You could potentially be talking about um uh, a, a school that finds itself after its transition period. Uh, actually, I don't know if there is a transition period from FCS to FBS. There might be. Regardless, that could get itself into a bowl game almost immediately as um, a, a Mountain West member. And, and television Fargo, I think that's a top one fifteen market. Okay. So it's not great it's not small market um, they also put in a lot of money in facilities um, you know amongst the best in the FBS when putting money in facilities so I, I bring that all to you as as a you know Boise State columnist is putting that out there um, if San Diego State leaves North Dakota State replaces them how would you feel about it
1: I mean I think you you hit the nail in the head with they are, without a doubt, the strongest FCS school. They're, they've kind of made this uh, brand for themselves as being the the quarterback hotbed. Uh, we, we, we can create something out of nothing. Uh, you, you come yeah. over here if you aren't getting a, a proper look at the FBS level and, uh, hey, check it out. We've already produced very, very high draft picks uh, in the NFL. Um, and so... They kind of occupy a space all on their own, uh, especially with all of these FCS national championships that they keep knocking down like it's their day job. Right. Um, Although they would be a no-brainer for for the Mountain West to go after, I'm not certain they would be interested to leave, Josh. Really? I, I almost wonder if you're comfortable being the king somewhere, why would you leave? Because there's more money to be in the FBS with a television deal that would get you more than
2: just being on local TV in North Dakota.
1: I mean, the cool thing, you know, for adding them, you go into the cold, but don't have to get that cold because they play inside. <laughs> right. Right. So That's there's, right. there's some admin, some advantages for, you know, if we were to go and play them, it's not like we're playing outside in Laramie, mm-hmm. which we will be in November. Yes, you will. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean that's that's very interesting. I would you rather Josh put a school like them in or a school like San Diego where we keep some of the San Diego market? Cuz to um, me I feel like it's it's more about what's in it for the interest of the Mountain West. Right. I feel like there's more to offer In Southern California than there is in uh, Fargo, North Dakota.
2: So I think you can look at it two ways from... uh, Let's just look at San Diego. Um, They do have a football program, but I think from the Mountain West perspective, um, San Diego is not as successful of an FCS program as, um, as North Dakota State has been. Sure. And I think in the Mountain West case, you're not gaining... I mean, you're losing something if you don't have San Diego State, but Mount West isn't necessarily in the position to be playing for market share, because San Diego State was not going to bring them extra money because you know they happen to still be in the conference and you know they had you know, they're the only piece of the Southern California market remaining, you know that wasn't going to give them anything, um, and I don't think San Diego would do the same either. So you're, I think you have to play on on value. Um, baseball, I don't think is a great fit for San Diego. I think they're more of a, a, the type of West coast style team that you, you go into the mountain West and you're playing big ball. That's not good. They are a, a successful baseball program too, I should add. Um, and I think they're, they're probably happy in the West coast conference. Um, basketball, they get to play with Gonzaga. Um, I mean, basketball, I, they're, they're not necessarily the most competitive team there on that yeah. front. So yeah, I, 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 I don't know that San Diego brings you anything. Um, you know, if we were talking about the PAC 12, if, if the mountain West were the Pac, if the mountain West were a power conference, then I'd say maybe, uh, but because they aren't a power conference, there's no true market share of, of bringing in San Diego. I think you're better looking at, um, a true up and comer. If you want to be considered a football conference, I think you have to consider North Dakota state first. Hmm. If you want to consider yourself a basketball conference, yeah, then I don't even know if you're considering either. I think you're uh, uh, you're, you're looking at uh, you're, you're possibly looking at another school somewhere in the Big Sky, um, and and the Big Sky is the FCS conference. I should note they were also talking about yeah, hey, what about Montana? What about North Dakota? Um, there are some good schools there, but I, I think you'd probably look differently if your identity is basketball, and I, I think that's where the that's where the difference lies for me. Uh, you can get in touch with us. Our text line, 808-296-1420. That's our Zephyr Insurance text line here on Off the Bench on ESPN Honolulu. Um, at the end of the day, I think the the question still remains, though, is um, when does this happen? Does it happen? I'm still not convinced San Diego State's a shoe to leave.
1: I mean, it's it's right up there with it. Is there a deadline on when this Pac-12 new TV deal is supposed to hit? No. Yeah. So I don't feel like there's all that much commitment even from San Diego State because they they're not sure what kind of offer they're saying yes to.
2: And they have nothing. They have no offer. They That's have, right. They have nothing to commit to.
1: It's all speculation, kind of at this point.
2: Right. Um, you know, they are they are at the will of whether and and. What I've been reading recently, and Greg Swaim has been posting on this one, if the Pac-12 brings in some of these non-power schools, the money per school drops, mm. potentially $3 million a school. And the most recent thing I just read is the possibility um, that you're looking at um, uh, all streaming instead of having any Whoa. TV which could be particularly damaging to the Pac-12. So that's why I've said I, I have put it down at 30% that San Diego State doesn't leave. And and those are the things that have made me believe that I, I, I still stand on my 30% that there is a chance that San Diego State hangs around. But we'll go through those letters. Did San Diego State really try to get us to think what they wanted us to think? That's next. <laughs> The amount of head shaking that uh, Hunter Hughes just did, as Chris Canty said that earlier on Greeny here on ESPN Honolulu, you said, you started shaking
1: your head immediately
2: at that Chris Canty take.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm finding a, a tough metaphor for this. Take Draymond Green off of Golden State the last five, six years. Mm-hmm and they don't win and he doesn't win any championship wherever he's at. He works because he is a good role player that complements Steph and Clay. Right. I don't know if he, he is that type of a caliber of a of a player to go over to the Sacramento Kings and oh, all of a sudden they're a championship contender. He's good for four points, Josh. <laughs> I I think and a couple of charges. If I had
2: if I had to make the case, the case would be that Draymond Green can be a veteran presence. Um he can kind of take the pressure off of some of those guys, the some of the young guns on that team, and you know, just go in there and just be him and mm. probably without the pressure of going in there and just being him or or you know where in golden state being him had a target on his back because there was heavy scrutiny on on Draymond he if he goes to sacramento and we have no idea by the way this is this is just a chris canny take but you know we've we've talked about in the past other places that could be kind of interesting destinations for him you know we forget Sacramento was on a, you know, back to the playoffs for the first time in a long time. Um, you know, Sacramento has had, uh, certainly some, some positivity happen here, um uh, in, in the last year. And I think the Western conference is still to me, it's, it's Denver's conference to lose, mm-hmm. but you still have Phoenix in there and there's some drama in Phoenix, apparently, um, You've got, I, I think, San Antonio's a, a, a little ways away. You, you've you got the Lakers in there somewhere. You've got the Clippers in there somewhere. And, and then here's Sacramento. Going to the playoffs and they're young. I mean, I, I can't count that out. Maybe they're not a championship contender, but at the very least, they're better.
3: Mm.
1: Yeah, I- They would be better. I don't know if Sacramento wants him. There was drama with Draymond Green in the Sacramento Kings in the first round of the playoffs this this last year. Mm -hmm. Uh, Remember, he kicked Zabonis. Yeah, that's true. And got suspended. That's true. And that series went to seven games. I'd be willing to believe that they'd put that aside, though, if it was all in the matter of just gamesmanship. That they'd put that aside. I don't want him on my team. Okay, if I play for Sacramento, he is just such a sideshow distraction at this point. I'm not afraid of him when he's on the court. Outside of Steph dropping fifty on them, that was a that was a really tight series. If I'm the the Kings, I don't feel like. The Golden State Warriors are all that better than us now Mm. without Draymond Green. I don't want him anywhere near my facility if I'm any one of those kings. Wow. Yeah. You can get in
2: touch with us. Our Zephyr Insurance text line today at 808-296-1420. Note by the way, I mentioned top teams in the Western Conference. I did not put Golden State in that category. Mm. I don't know if – I don't think – I don't think that was a subconscious omission. I think it was uh, just kind of the, the the nature of the fact that this is the end of the run.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And other teams have done enough to scale ahead that Golden State's end of the run doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to just be an easy championship team. That they've got some work to do and Chris Paul's not going to be enough to get them there. Although I do, I do think Chris Paul makes them better. Um, for what he can give, as long as it's not overdone. But I can't even. I don't know that I can look at Golden State as a top three team right now. You know,
1: I I don't disagree right there. Denver, Phoenix, and then a toss up between Sacramento and the Lakers. That's your that's your four right mm-hmm. there. Um, however, we're not counting the best player in all of basketball right now in Steph Curry. Yeah, like. All, no disrespect to Nikola Jokic and Joel Embiid, who just won MVP, but Curry is probably the still the most magical player on the planet. I think that's exactly where they want to be, um, kind of sneaking up on people in that fourth, fifth spot in the West. People aren't really expecting much from them, and then oh my goodness, Steph dropped forty-two, and Clay had thirty-seven, and oh my goodness, we're down by fifteen. Heading into you know three minutes left in the fourth, mm-hmm. they know how to win. Yep. Um, to, to me, at this point, I don't know what you could shop Draymond for. Ah, oh, man, th- this is this is a unique situation because you've got a um, an ego-driven kind of hot-headed guy like Draymond Green who thinks he's worth a whole lot more yeah. than what he actually is. Um, they might be able to settle for a little bit more than that player option, but that's the best he's gonna get. I would be shocked if they were able to trade him somewhere else for a team that would equitably—is that a word? Equitably, it is. I see you guys on the phones, by the way. We'll get to you in a second. If, if eight they, eight two it, nine,
2: six, 14, 20.
1: That that they would find value that would be worth trading for right there because of all those guys that I feel like is on the downward side of their career, Draymond is certainly more than Steph or Clay.
2: Okay. Uh our number 808-296-1420 will bring you in here uh as part of the conversation here on Off the Bench on ESPN Honolulu. John wants to get in here uh, on the Draymond conversation. John, how are you?
0: Yeah, boy, you really sound like a Draymond Green hater over there on the radio, but uh Wait, me or Hunter? Uh, Hunter, sorry. That's okay. Um, but, hey, by the way, Hunter, if you claim to be a Cubs fan, why are you rooting for the Reds to keep having their winning streak going on? But anyway, I'll... Ooh.
1: John, if you would rewind oh. it, if you would rewind <laughs> it, there was no rooting for the Reds. And the, the the Cubs' destiny is completely in their own hands. They need to worry about winning some games first.
0: Oh, you mean like uh, 9 out of uh, 12? That's pretty good. Okay. But anyway, getting back to... Uh, um, anyhow, getting back to Draymond Green, I think that he's very similar to uh, Dennis Rodman, and you know the Bulls hated him uh, like for our whole life until he came over. Uh, That's true. You know, on the team. Yep. I think that he's. Uh, you were saying he only scores about four or five points a game, but he's a disruptor on the defensive end. You can't come up the middle, and he does stuff to get inside other people's head. So, uh, by the way, that thing with. Um, The guy on Sacramento where he stepped on it. Where he stepped on him. Drabonis. He was trying to get up court and Drabonis was like grabbing his left. Drabonis is a dirty player, man. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. Sabonis is a
2: dirty player. Hang on
0: a second.
2: (laughs) Hold on.
0: You're going to take he was that? Grabbing, he, he, was, he was grabbing his leg. That's why. It wasn't good to step on his chest, but he's trying to get away, and the guy's grabbing his leg. He's on the ground. What well, is he supposed to do? Take it? He... What He never went to step on his chest until Drabonis grabbed his leg and wouldn't let him get up the court. He wasn't going to step on him until Drabonis did that. I don't know
2: about that. I don't so, know about that.
0: I, I, I think so, but I'm, you know what? The point is is that Drabonis, he does a lot of stuff like that, and uh, he was doing it throughout the series, and there was things that were going on for about three games like leading up to that. But the point is, is that, uh, you know, I mean, to to characterize, uh, uh, you know, Draymond Green as a hothead, I think a lot of his stuff is very calculated. He's, he's kind of an intelligent player. By the way, I'm not a Golden uh, State fan, but I'm just saying that uh, he could have value over there. And I think if he went to that team, that they would forget all that stuff the same way as when Rodman came over to the Bulls.
1: I could see that. But anyway. Hey, John, thank you all for right. the call. Sorry. Good Appreciate call, John. You, Appreciate say. you, man. Josh is doing breathing exercises over here I to my left.
2: You're gonna put Sabonis in a dirty player conversation. He didn't get suspended after one series. I don't want to hear that nonsense. You're gonna compare that to Draymond Green. If you're gonna call Sabonis a dirty player, then Draymond Green's a crime boss that has gotten yeah. away with murder upon murder upon murder and has evaded police for 20 years.
1: America's Most Wanted.
2: Yeah, where's where's John Walsh when we need him? You, you know who that is, right? John Walsh. The guy who used to host America's Most Wanted. Uh, there we go. On, when it was on thank Fox. Thank you, thank you. Yep. I'm glad you knew the show. You yep. just didn't know the host. Yep. Um, that was, Hey, Saturday nights on Fox, when it was America's Most Wanted, and cops. Yep. Back in my day this the is driver <laughs> turns to his left and this, takes on a is, pedestrian. This is this is uh this was before now like live P D and some of those shows on TV.
1: Narrowly cops, taking his
2: life. Cops was yeah. dramatic T V. And America's Most Wanted when you learned about some of the the, the nutsos in this country through America's Most Wanted, that was um that was riveting info, uh, informational television. I digress. Stop it. Sabonis being a dirty player. What? if mean, you just watched that series on repeat? And just decided, oh, yeah, he and Draymond got into it. He's dirty. You know what? In the playoffs... Was that my? Was that me? No, or sorry, you? it was me. <laughs> it's like, did my did my watch go off again? Is it is it seeing my heart rate increase? <laughs> Look, in the playoffs, people do some things that you you know you, you you tend to get amped up in the postseason. I didn't hear about Sabonis in the regular season. It's true. I hear about Draymond in the regular season all the time. I hear about him getting into it with officials and having you know technical foul upon technical foul all year,
1: punching out his own player and for Draymond, his oh, own yeah, teammate in, in, in
2: practice in Jordan Poole. and for Draymond it's been years. We have no sample size on Sabonis whatsoever. How on earth?
1: It's about the same way as Jokic lifting his arms in the uh, um, in the stands of Phoenix. And, oh,
2: with Matt Ishby, yeah, the owner.
1: and nudging the owner of the, the Suns. It's almost calling Jokic a dirty player.
2: Yeah, no. It's I, the, I, the same level. You're right. You're absolutely right. Gosh, people. I, I, I can't believe we're, we're in a Sabonis. I mean, first off, Sports Radio in Hawaii has found itself in a really, really weird position that we're now uh, protecting or defending a player from of all teams, the Sacramento Kings. <laughs> this is our A block in the five o'clock hour, and I don't know how we got here, and I'm disappointed we got here. <laughs> um, but secondly, it's entertaining. Uh, well, it's it's only entertaining because I've gotten well. John got you know got excited about it, and I've gotten excited about John.
1: And Josh got poked on a Monday.
2: You know what? You know it's also you know it's also gotten me too, and I wish I had the audio of this today. I was uh, I was watching the Michael K. show uh, on – on a, well, listening to it, watching it. Every ESPN kiss New York. begins
1: with K. Not that K. Oh, different. Michael
2: K. is the voice okay. of the New York Yankees. He wasn't there because he's coming back from London. Okay. And uh, a caller calls in to uh, – so it's Peter Rosenberg and, and Don LaGreca who are filling in. And a caller calls in, and he's complaining about the Yankees. And how the Yankees are just they're 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 playing like little league ball and they're they're really bad. And the guy's complaining about how uh hey, you know, he, he couldn't even bunt. And and Don started going off. He started going off because A, the Yankees took two of three this weekend without the best player in America. Judge. in Aaron Judge, who's still hurt, and they have no idea when he's going to come back.
1: Also, his bum toe, they call his great toe, which is really funny because he's physically bigger than everybody, and his toe is, of course, greater than everybody else's. Back to you, Josh.
2: That's the stupidest thing I've heard since Sabonis is a dirty (laughs) player. Um, (laughs) They call it his great toe. Uh, People have (laughs) great imaginations. Um so so the call so the, and then Don just goes off, it's like, first off, you're complaining that they won and then they won two out of three, like what are you talking about? And if you're gonna complain about somebody bunting or not bunting, you don't even know who the guy is. You waited on hold for twenty minutes and you can't even tell me the guy who did or didn't bunt. <laughs> like, what are you doing?
1: He challenged him on it. The guy couldn't say it. Oh, the guy was off the phone at that point. Oh, okay. It was it was epic, but he didn't name it.
2: Yeah, he, he couldn't the, the caller couldn't name the guy that he was complaining about in his bun go watch it it's espn new york on uh on, on social you i mean do. it it's complete with microphone moving um grabbing a screen and shaking it. it it's um it's incredible i i i did not go that far i just want to let you know i did not reach lagreca like anger over uh Sabonis. <laughs> Uh, we'll we'll get to the Mountain West uh, coming up here in a little while. Let's check on traffic. It's off the bench. You're listening to ESPN Honolulu. It is off the bench here on ESPN Honolulu. Good to have you in. All of our guests appear courtesy of the aloha kia hotline visit aloha at aloha uh you know a guy uh we'll get to the mountain west in a moment uh texter in here i guess we mentioned shohei how did how did we mention oh um oh i said aaron
1: judge oh best greatest player.
2: player in america oh
1: boy yep scott hmm it's a good text that's Sh- a good amendment hmm Shohei's, Shohei's the, the dude. Is the greatest player in America.
2: Shohei's the dude. $500 million man.
1: I agree. Okay. Pay him six. You can pay him a billion dollars. I, I don't care. I agree. Pay him whatever money's left out there in the world after inflation. <laughs> it should go to Shohei. The
2: only thing. And I don't want to diminish Shohei. I don't want to get into a tit-for-tat here on who's the best player in America because I said Aaron Judge and here's Shohei and I realize Shohei is great. I'm not going to go pull a carton and do this whole show-me-something thing, but but if we want to play the most valuable game as to who is the most valuable player between Aaron Judge and Shohei Otani, Shohei. Shohei's been great. What have the Angels done? Aaron Judge isn't there. And the Yankees aren't that great.
1: Yeah. That's that I I can like hear the anger in people's cars. Bring it!
2: Bring the anger.
1: Aaron Judge is not a top ten pitcher and top ten hitter at the same time. uh, No,
2: I, I realize that. But even with that, like you're kind of making the argument for me. Shohei Ohtani a top 10 pitcher, a top 10 hitter. I'd argue top 2 hitter in, in all of Major League Baseball. Yep. Yes, top 10 pitcher. I'll take all of that. What have the Angels done with him? And Mike Trout, for that matter. What have they done with him?
1: But it, the, the question is, who is more valuable to their team? One guy. Oh, well, is able I, to do both of those well I'm not saying to
2: their team I'm not saying who's most valuable to their team I'm saying who's most valuable period
1: I, I agree it's it's similar to an Oakland athletics situation where it's more in the front office the yeah. angels need to figure out how to win with two of the two of the top five guys in the majors and you can't get your stuff together
2: mm-hmm. I mean part of it is front office yeah but I'm I'm also a believer when you have the best in the game there is there is a need. I mean if you're already elevating and you can't get there that's that's hard for me. Mm-hmm. Um, Aaron Judge not being there is unfortunately a sign of how valuable he is. The Yankees are uh, what are they right now uh, nine and a half back in the AL East. They. You know, winning record and all. Sure, everybody in the AL East is a winning record, but uh, you know they're looking up at the Rays who have been pulling away, and the Orioles who have had a good year. With judge and the and Yankees are
1: stumbling without Judge.
2: Yeah, they're they've won four of their last ten. Um, they've been up and down. They've had reliant guys like Billy McKinney and uh, IKF. Josh, Josh Donaldson can't even get regular playing time. Yeah. Um, Isaiah Kiner Falefa's been an everyday guy. He's also running himself out of being safe at second base on a stolen base.
1: Also having to steal home just to keep them winning games. Yeah, that was a while back. Um, yeah. Can bring all the bring all the anger this way. I'll take it.
2: Um, <laughs> I, I people take it as like as a slight toward Shohei. It's not a it's not a slight towards Shohei. I, I hope people don't see it as a slight toward Shohei. Shohei's amazing. I, I, absolutely amazing. Um, but I, I do also kind of have to look at, unfortunately, um, what the Yankees have done, what the angels have done with both. And, and unfortunately it's a, it's a little bit different. Hmm. Um, I've been saying for a while, we're going to get to San Diego state. We will, uh, we got sports center on the way here. Uh, see a text on Hawaii football with, um, uh, season tickets. I did see a, uh, um, I, I did see the um, uh, newsletter we got from NASA, too, which was kind of cool. Mm. That came in uh, earlier today. So we got plenty to do as we get you through your Monday. I, I've been so triggered by this Sabonis dirty player thing. I, 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 I can't leave that. It's off the bench, in Honolulu. Coming up, final words in just a little bit. It is off the bench here on ESPN Honolulu. Our text line, our Zephyr Insurance text line, is 808-296-1420. Text here from the tutorial. show is sounding kind of soapboxy like it was four months ago. That's what happens when you have hosts with opinions. Sometimes you have soapboxes. It happens. That's what every radio show in America has. Every
1: once in a while, you get in the soapbox a little bit. At least we won't – you know, our our soapboxes are generally, I would say, um, within reason. Some of the stuff that (laughs) Stephen A. chooses to pop off about, you're like, where is this coming from? The thing is, we're not Stephen A. No.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Stephen's got a – Stephen A. Don't call him Stephen. uh, That's right. Between his, his work as an actor on a daytime television show. Um, to his ability to talk about politics, Stephen A can talk about whatever he wants. Yep. And he can do it. And he can do it well. Um, I wish I could do half of that, frankly. Uh, Texter from the 497, UH about to launch football season tickets to all, according to our Texter. End zone seats, $150 per season ticket. And, uh, Texter says, students move to the Diamond Head end zone next to the band. That's interesting.
1: Okay. Um... Interesting.
2: You know, I I didn't mind the spot where they were. I'm kind of interested to see the uh, configuration once it's all said and done.
1: They did extend both Diamond Head and EVA end zone, zone. stands. Mm-hmm. So my one thought for the where the student section was, they seemed a bit crammed over there. Okay. There only was maybe like seven or eight rows. Mm-hmm. And so if – Ample students decided to come one night; they'd have to find other seating.
2: Yeah, and you know now because students get ten percent of, of of attendance, so they actually going to have more tickets available for students. So if it's a fifteen thousand seat venue, so then they'd get like fifteen hundred tickets. It's pretty good. So what I'd like to see. Josh is good at math. Thanks. You're welcome. What I, What I'd like to see um, student activation. Which I, I know the University of Hawaii has, has done, and I think they have they have tried to do. I think now it's what more can you do on that student activation front? Because let's face it, um, you expect that it's going to be a sellout every game, but it cannot just be based on how many tickets are, are distributed and sold and whatever that's going to get you that number. We know sellout numbers are not butts in the seats. It's tickets issued. Um, You need to be able to guarantee that you can get a full student section every time out. And we say it, or maybe I say it, or others say it, like it's so simple that, oh, you're on campus. So the students will immediately go out, and they will go to your football game, and they will watch the football game. Did you not see, and you were there, game when it was raining, where were they?
1: Hmm.
2: They were gone. Yeah, they were maybe like 20 students.
1: That was also the same night as a Tamua to an AE show.
2: Yeah. Even worse. Like, yeah. You you won't go to your football game in the rain and you've got Tamua performing. My point exactly. It's not a guarantee that just because you've got the kids in the dorms and you've got some that commute that you have an automatic activated student fan base. Mm. So what can you do to say, you come here, we'll give you free ponchos. Yeah. Uh, Or, you know, food credit or... One um, one free hot dog. Yeah. Or, um, you know, something along those lines to guarantee yourself that if you've got 1,500 spots for tickets, that at the very worst, you've got 1,450 people in that student section. I don't I don't care if you make noise. I hope you do. But if you're just sitting there eating your hot dog and you're filling the section, it's much better than the section being empty. I that's kind of what I'm looking for. Yeah. Um and, and that 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 is the challenge because that go that's a challenge that goes back to Aloha Stadium.
1: You're a fan of promotions, Josh. Love promotions. What? Give me like two promotions that you would do to try to make that happen. Swag. Swag. First and
2: foremost, okay. um if you could work with whether it is H zone, if you could work with uh some kind of apparel company, hey, um opening night uh against Stanford on a Friday night, um you know, hey, each each of the first 1000 students that yeah. come in you're gonna get a, or let's not put it at a thousand. Let's just say fifteen hundred. Let's say uh, you know everybody who's sitting in the student section is going to get a swag bag.
1: Planning for a sellout, at least for students.
2: Yeah. Yep. Um, you know, and and that swag bag includes maybe a, a, a UH T-shirt. Maybe it's got a hat. Maybe it's got. Um, you know, a, a, a food voucher. Maybe it's got something else in there—a bag. <laughs> the, yeah. Don't forget the bag. You might use that for school or something. But um, you know, you've got stuff. You you've got stuff that you can use to um entice people in. And you maybe you don't do that every game, but let's say the next game, um, Albany. I'd actually want to do that for Albany because I want people there, even if it's an FCS opponent. Albany. Um, you know, you you get in here. For this game, uh, we're going to get you um, – I'll, I'll use an example. Check out uh, check out a, a, a local concert coming up in the next couple of days. Hmm. You know, try to get people out and about. You're supporting UH, but you're supporting other things in the community. Let's say it's like a Common Kings concert the next night. Hey, yep. we, we'll, we'll get you a, a, a complimentary ticket to the Common Kings show or something if they're at the Shell or something like
1: that. Um, if you come to the game. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I've got um, an idea. What? Have you ever watched Beat the Freeze?
2: Yes. The Atlanta uh, the, Braves. Braves game. Yes. Yeah,
1: where they, they have that like track star from Georgia. Yeah. Um, they give a fan a huge head start, mm-hmm. and then they, they have Freeze just track them down. Right. I've got a Hawaii version of that. Oh, uh, give it to me. Okay. You give a regular student – and it's it's a live raffle drawing that someone from the student section will go out there and they start from let's say the forty, okay, and they got to make it to the end zone. And if they do, they get a semester of free tuition. Ooh, I'd have to start from the forty. Okay. Not make it that easy. Well, who who are they running against? A former player decked out in pads. And they do you have an idea. Do you have an idea? I don't have it. A, I'm I'm just thinking someone big. I'm thinking a linebacker, and they track them down, and they sign a waiver. The player can tackle them however they want to to keep them from getting to the end zone. But if they make it to the end zone, they get free tuition for a semester. That would be awesome. Enough of this having them try to throw a football into a little hole from 30 yards away, and they can't even throw. Or even better, <laughs> they couldn't. Hold. Some of them could throw. Some of them could catch. Oh yeah, the, two of the there should have been the, the, two different
2: winners the, that didn't win because someone inside that hula hoop had butterfingers on the last throw. The Raising
1: Canes promotion is pathetic. <laughs> they, they bring two guys out there who have zero athletic ability. They can't even catch a ball, let alone catch one from thirty yards away. Everyone in the stands is is going uh, everyone here is now dumber having watched this. <laughs> I would just simplify it. No coordination, just try to run for your life for tuition. <laughs> that would be awesome. Or or bring back Vili.
2: Yeah, the other way to do it though, if you want to do a tuition thing is what a lot of people would do, kind of like a like a 40-yard field goal. Yeah.
1: Raise the stakes a little bit. Yeah.
2: You know, a lot of it is, it, you know, you have corporate stuff. you got to follow the corporate. I get that. You know, and so you can mix in some of that. But I'm trying to think of ways that can activate all 1,500. Um, you know, that could get them to, to consistently go to games. Not, you know, okay, you're here for a couple, and then, you know, you don't show up because it's raining, and then you're here for another, and then you don't show up because Tumutuine is performing somewhere, and then you don't show up, and then, oh, we're, you're back there for senior night. You know? Just try to get them there every single game. That's all I'm looking for.
1: If you threw in something like free tuition and they knew they had a chance to compete for that every home game, I think I think people would try to tune up, turn up for that. Mike texted our Zephyr Insurance text line. Color scheme suggestions
2: were lame. No, I don't. I don't agree with that. Color um, color scheme coordinations are. Um,
1: like textbook one hundred and one. You gotta kind of coincide with the team's color scheme. Yeah,
2: yeah. So I mean, that's like the easy way of activation. You start there, and then you find something else to to build on that. You don't you don't start by saying, "Hey, wear white
1: or wear pink,"
2: and then do nothing else. Like you know, you see NBA teams do it. Um, it's white out night, and what do they do? Um, every seat has a white shirt on it. So yep. even if the people didn't pay attention and didn't wear white on their own, hey, there's no excuses. We're giving you a white shirt. Wear it. I realize it's a little bit different at, at the Clarence D.C. Ching Athletics Complex because there are technically no seats. It's bleacher seating. But you could, like, fold one and yeah. put them where the seat would be. Just hope it doesn't rain. Fold one and put them down. Um, or just hand them out at the gate to each student.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You could do that. Um that was not where I was expecting to go, but a good place to go um, as we look ahead. Thank you to her texter. Um, San Diego State. Remember when San Diego State said that we weren't planning on leaving? Yeah. They sent the letter to the, to, to the Mountain West, and the Mountain West said no. And he's like, no, we, we we weren't telling you we were leaving. Here is the letter that San Diego State sent to the Mountain West back on June 13th, day before we talked to Gloria Navarre, conference commissioner. And you tell me, Hunter, because I believe, as I saw your graduation photo sent by Stephen Side last hour via text message. Thank you, Stephen. <laughs> Thank you, Stephen. Hunter has uh, a little more hair then That's than right. he did now. That's true. Uh, Hunter was also not wearing a hat in his graduation photo. That's true. He's wearing a hat now. You tell me, <laughs> studious Hunter, does what I'm about to read to you sound like a school that is planning on leaving? I quote. As shared with Commissioner DeVars at our June 2023 board of directors meeting, this letter is to formally notice, formally, 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 F-O-R-M-A-L-L-Y, that San Diego State University intends to resign from the Mountain West Conference effective June 30th, 2024, at an agreed upon later date. It has been an absolute joy to collaborate and compete with each of the member universities. In order to exit as efficiently and fairly as possible, I would like to respectfully make the following requests for your consideration. And there are two, discussing notice requirement and two, discussing exit fee. And let me read you the last line before you tell me yes or no. Oh, this is the second to last line. SDSU is honored to have been a founding member of the MWC for 25 years We wish to transition in a manner that is fair and equitable to all involved, recognizing that there have been unanticipated factors triggering the need for these requests. So you tell me, Hunter, San Diego State says, that's not a notice that we're leaving. You are a college graduate. Does that sound to you like San Diego State's leaving?
1: Anytime you use the words, it's been an honor. (laughs) That means yes, goodbye. Yeah.
2: Except in relationships. If you're breaking up with somebody, you're not saying it's been an honor, but we just can't communicate so long.
1: It's another couple of words. It's not you, it's me. It's five. Yeah. Yep. A couple more words. <laughs> I I will snap that dragon, Josh. <laughs> San Diego State is heading down the, the pathetic trail. Mm. um, And I I don't know if that kind of BS will work in the Pac-12, but uh, if it does, uh, I wish them all the best. Yeah. And unfortunately, when you go, you're going to have to pay full price, my friend.
2: Yeah, they're running out of time for, for the Pac-12 or the Big 12 to offer them something. They have until the end of the month, and there is nothing that says to me, that the Pac-12 or the Big 12 is going to offer them anything um because the Pac-12 has nothing to offer um uh, there there's there's no spot to offer with no TV deal and I truly believe the Big 12 uh, San Diego State needs the Big 12 more than the Big 12 needs San Diego State mm. um yeah I don't I don't see any reason to just kind of you know jump at San Diego State. And so, you know, it, it it's silly. And San Diego State, I think, realizing that it's president, this is the president of the school, not the athletic director who wrote that. The president writes that. And now the rest of the school has to play damage control, including the athletic director, um, you're kind of in a tough position at that point. But you cannot argue, um, we have been, um, you know, Respectfully, we intend to leave, and then be like, "No, we're not. No, no, no. That's not what we said. It's, it's the writing is right there." Um, those are also ways. As much as I believe San Diego State still has a chance to stay in the conference, those are also ways to um, potentially keep Sandy, keep you know the Mountain West from wanting to to welcome you back, like the Mountain West did with Boise, when Boise had to come back after the Big East fell apart, and the Mountain West welcomed him in. When Boise State had nowhere to go. Um, you keep playing your cards that way if you're San Diego State, and you could be left in um, the era of, I don't know, the whack, the American, the Sun Belt. I mean, you, you could be left with that if you don't play your cards correctly here. So I, I, I'm glad we saw those letters today. We got all four of them that, uh, that were uh, revealed. Uh, to the media today, and it doesn't make San Diego State look any better. No, as as far as being a uh, uh, you know good faith member here uh, down the stretch. Final words coming up in a moment. Traffic right here. It's off the bench on ESPN Honolulu. Alright, Freddie and Fitzsimmons is uh coming up next. We've got full shows all week. We've been uh we've been seeing each other more than we had the first couple of months yeah. because um I haven't been traveling in a while. But it was it was funny when you walked in, the first thing you said to me was, uh, nice haircut. Right? You said something along <laughs> yeah. those lines, you get a haircut? Nice haircut. And I came back to you and I said, I didn't get a haircut. Yeah. I haven't gotten a haircut in like three weeks. <laughs> And I've seen you almost like every day, every I know, week. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't, just a
1: particular glow I, on a Monday. I, was I don't know to say, what it was.
2: Like, I don't know. if Should I feel good
1: about that? Should
2: I? I mean. It was a good thing. Yeah. It was a, it was a good thing that didn't happen.
1: And I said, I, Josh just looks good on a Monday, I guess.
2: I think what it is is I don't have a hat on, mm. so um, I, you can see my hair. There you go. That that must be what it is. I'm not hiding it today.
1: Uh, Final words. Uh, Let's start with you. Final words. Uh, I actually played golf with three members of the UH football team today. Uh, Yes. As part of uh, filming for a new episode of Shockers and Swings, Um, our golf um, kind of digital podcast, if you will. Yep. Check it out, ESPNHonalLube.com. Braden Shager and Jake Farrell took on me and punter Ben Falk. I'm going to guess Ben was the caddy. Ben can play a little bit. Okay.
2: I just I when I heard punter, his yeah. three other quarterbacks, I thought okay, maybe he's caddying.
1: I mean, he w- was a good caddy in the f- in uh aspect of, you know, reading putts and uh just talking through shots. Like he, he was a fun guy to have in the cart uh today. Okay. Um I'm bringing it up because on hole fourteen today, uh, Braden Shager chipped in for Birdie from fifty yards out and I didn't get it on camera. Oh boy. What were you what were you doing at the time? Well, to their credit, they play what is called ready golf. So you just you go up there, you're not like not you, a lot of you, you step up and go. Not a lot of practice swings, not a lot of thought, grip it and rip it.
0: Okay, that's Which cool.
1: Which in any other environment I'm a fan of. Yeah. But when you are also trying to play good golf and you are trying to mark your ball, you are trying to get a read on your next shot and you're focused on what you're doing and forget oh my goodness, I I have to film. Yeah. My uh my playing partners and I look up and the ball is in the air and one hop, two hop, roll, 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 kathunk.
2: And you didn't have anybody else that could film. It was, no, it was all you. It was all me. Okay.
1: I am like, you have got to be kidding me. The the shot of the day, and it's the phone is in my pocket. Oh, man. Got plenty of them hitting it in the water on the first hole. And the <laughs> one that we needed on camera, the phone's in my pocket. That's my last words today. It could not have been a more Monday thing to happen. Sounds like,
2: um... <laughs> this uh this this sounds a little bit like us uh or having uh, Tanner Hayworth uh, forget to hit record on uh, the Cordero, Cordero interview I wasn't going to I wasn't going to
1: throw him <laughs> under the bus but it's exactly the same thing sorry tanner um
2: that's cool um yeah. three quarterbacks and a punter that's where would you guys play uh, a couple a. oh cool yeah so, good time you know it's a good time too you're talking about golf and you're talking about a uh, University of Hawaii I mean UH golfer just won the Monoa Cup yeah so that's awesome-hmm um maybe uh maybe maybe Braden's got a shot at the golf team
1: uh you know it, oh, it's actually sorry. more it's more on the Jake side Jake can play oh, okay Braden was just on one today oh so he got lucky is what you're saying uh maybe not that <laughs> far but he was he was playing well I gotta give him that uh, How about right. you, Josh? What's your final word?
2: Uh, my final word, uh, besides being uh, very much animated today on the uh, Sabonis thing, which John, by the way, uh, texted in. He was uh, he was basing a little bit off of uh, um, JJ Reddick's podcast. I, I, I'll I'll take that. Uh, my final word: College season is now pretty much uh, over. Now that we've uh, we've seen the men's college world series wrap mm-hmm. up. There's a a really cool video. Uh, Check it out on the Hawaii Athletics website. Uh, Trevor uh, put it together. I can't remember Trevor's Trevor's last name, but he's an amazing videographer. And it's a a two-minute recap video of, you know, just just sights and sounds from Hawaii Athletics this year. And And then what Hawaii Athletics did on their website along with the video is they list all of the accomplishments from the different teams from, you know, first year to Timmy Chang, women's basketball, going to the NCAA, so on and so forth. I mean, it was was really well done. And sometimes I think you need to remind people about telling the story of your programs. And I thought this was um, one of the really well done ways of telling the story of your program. So Trevor on video was fantastic, Um, you know, to the sports information team that put that all together. Um, that was one of the uh, one of the best storytelling things I have seen That's cool. uh, all year. So, uh, congratulations to them, and I think it's a reminder as we now go into the true off season. Now that you know, track and field is wrapped up, and and now the men's college world series is wrapped up. We uh, uh, we now start counting things down. I think we're what exactly two months away now. Yep, from uh, from from Hawaii and Vanderbilt in week zero. So we're uh, we're getting there. Let's go. I'll see you tomorrow, partner. Freddie and Fitzsimmons is coming up next. Thanks for tuning in here on this Monday. It's Off the Bench here on ESPN, Honolulu.